Hey mortals, Neil here. Corey and I are going to be back in the new year with a new episode, continuing our discussions about Mortal Kombat Legacy 2. Oh man, my fucking voice. Can you hear? It's, it's rough, isn't it? Man, long day. Long day. Anyway, until then, please enjoy this super cut of our early Mythologies episodes, where we dive into all of the Mortal Kombat characters that popped up in Mortal Kombat Conquest, and compare their Conquest origins to the canon game lore that we all know and love. We talk Scorpion, Sub-Zero, Raiden, Noob Saibot, Reiko, Rain, Melina, Quan Chi, Reptile, and even the Cobalt Mines. We also talk about Energy Drinks, Kingdom Hearts, Zunes, and probably F1. And those are all important parts of our own podcast lore. Plus, you'll get to hear the song that our friend Dominic Hart recorded for us. Thank you again, Dom. And thank you to everyone who has found our show and listened like crazy over the past year. You guys are, you, you guys are the greatest. Special shout-outs to Damien, Dakota, Paul, Dave, Brandon, Dominic, Kevin, Danny, and everybody else who has reached out, sent in voice messages, or retweeted us. Corey and I are extremely grateful, and we we love you all. We are we are in love with all of you. Don't forget to follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at mkpodquest, and check out our website at mkpodquest.com. That's M as in mortal. My 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 poor th- my poor throat. I had to do like six takes to to pronounce that right. And don't forget to check out the show on the Good Pods app. It's a very cool podcast application. And uh, you can also follow me on there at Final Neil. Check out Corey's other podcast too. They made another one uh, also on the Good Pods app. Give him good, good five-star reviews. Give us good, good five-star reviews. And let's let's take over those fucking film and TV charts. Let's Let's own the Good Pods charts. Let's do it. Happy New Year, mortals. We'll be back next week talking Kenshi and Ermac. Zero. Taza. Vorpax. Mika. Kiri. Omiju. Kriya. MK Podcast. Mythology. Welcome to MK Podcast Dream Drop Distance. Yeah, 358 over two days that's a good intro that's a good intro let's go with cross is it key or is it cross we don't know hd remix which mortal Kombat character is sora (laughs) (laughs) mickey mouse is definitely (laughs) striker sora would be um shujinko that's a bold choice because like you never like they wanted him to be the protagonist but you never really bought it right Goofy is Kung Lao, video game Kung Lao. Yeah, Kung Lao is definitely Goofy. Donald Duck is Shang Tsung, clearly. Yeah. Right. And and Pete is uh, Quan Chi. Kyrie is Jen from the TV show because she's given nothing to do. Kyrie is Jen, for sure. And who is the... Raxel, is that right? No, Raxel is a character from Fighting Vipers. Who am I thinking of? There's a lot of X, X names in Kingdom Hearts is the thing. Zemnis. When you sit down to play Kingdom Hearts 2 for the first time. There's Axel. Are you thinking of Axel? I think so. Is that who you are stuck playing as for like five hours at the beginning of that game? I have no idea. I've never, I have a roommate who, if he heard us doing this, would be spinning in his grave prematurely because of all the Kingdom Hearts stuff we might be getting wrong. 
But uh, I don't know if you ever play as Axel. I played one and two, so I, I just it's been a oh, long sec. time. Actually, one sec. Let me let me tr- let me try something. So, who is it? The character that you play as at the beginning of Kingdom Hearts at for five hours? At the beginning of Kingdom Hearts two. Okay, one sec. You and you skateboard. You what? You also there's also a skateboarding part of that. Okay, one sec. Kiki. Kingdom Hearts question. What up? Uh, so Kingdom Hearts 2. Yeah. Is there a character that you play as at the beginning of that game that's not Sora? Yeah, that's Roxas. It's Roxas! <laughs> no, we have, but uh, Neil couldn't remember the name Roxas, and, and the way he said it, I thought he meant Axel. And I'm like, you don't play as Axel. No, Axel is Roxas's friend. Axel is Roxas's friend. Roxas. Neil, I don't know if you can hear me yet, but it's Roxas. I can hear you. So I took Axel and Roxas. Keep all this in. It's Roxas. So I kept I combined Axel and Roxas into one character. Into one man named Raxel. Roxel. Who's the Who's the electronic (laughs) the electronic guitar rock star fighter from Fighting Vipers on the Sega Saturn, which is really on brand. Raxel is the name of my Sonic OC. (laughs) Is he styled? He's probably styled after Raxel from Fighting Vipers. There's a lot of that in the community. Anyway, yeah. Not that I'm a part of it. And also he anything. wears really big gloves. Not that I'm a part of it or anything. Huge gloves. So, funny you say that. All right, we're going to go deep. So there's a character in Fighting Vipers named Honey. Named Honey? In the U.S. she was called Candy, and she's like a, a lady fighter. And when they were making Fighting Vipers, the programmers thought it would be fun to put Sonic and Tails in the game as fighters. They're not playable. You can play them with, like, if you hack it but it gave them the idea to make a game called sonic championship or sonic the fighters a sonic fighting game using the fighting vipers engine oh is it that gamecube game that sucks it's on it is on sonic gems collection on the gamecube and it rules so watch your mouth but um there's a hidden character (laughs) you're the first person i've ever heard say that there's a hidden character in that game that is honey the cat which was a fighting vipers character turned into a sonic character that you can't actually play as without like breaking the game you know like so there's precedent for a fighting vipers character to be turned into a sonic oc it's canon that's all i don't think this is going to make it into the episode speaking of things that are real life canon this is going to make it into the episode (laughs) you saved it we are about to learn that there is no knowledge that is not power is that what this is called Smooth, yes. It's there is no knowledge that is not power. Episode two point one remix chopped and screwed. Final HD remix three five eight days over two. Welcome back. And Neil is uh, what he's going to do is he's got a bunch of information relating to all sorts of things. Yeah, like Raiden and Scorpion and apparently Sora and fighting vipers and also <laughs> Roxas. And what he's going to do is he's going to run me through a whole bunch of extra informational goodies and tidbits. And by the end, uh, you, dear listener, and also me, Corey, should be um, more powerful than ever because we have learned so much. That's it. It's all about increasing our power, according to Mortal Kombat 3 rules. So, uh, yeah, I think we'll kick things off. Uh, we just finished uh, talking about Warrior Eternal Part 1 and 2, the um, Scorpion episodes of Mortal Kombat Conquest. And I dropped his name in the first episode, but we got to give him a little bit more credit here. Uh, Scorpion was played by Chris 
Casamasa. That name might be familiar to some people because in addition to playing Scorpion on this show, he was also the guy who played Scorpion in the Mortal Kombat movie, which is pretty rad. He came back for the role. He didn't play it in he didn't play him in um Mortal Kombat Annihilation. He just played him in the first one. He managed to escape Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Yeah, and then he returned for this for the show which is definitely a jump in quality over annihilation like already you can tell the objectively correct character choice yeah or uh career choice yeah so he's he's a trained martial artist he runs a, a martial arts school his earliest role he was an uncredited uh tournament guest in the original karate kid movie Ooh. so he's been like doing this his whole life do we know what side he was on he likes black and yellow so my gut says cobra guy yeah i feel like he was Cobra Kai, yeah, for sure. A hundred percent. They should bring him into the fucking TV show, the Cobra Kai TV show. They sh- I wouldn't be surprised actually if he if he did some work. We're on bringing it. them all back because he does a lot of work, you know, martial arts work, acting work, things like that. He um he was on this show. Did you ever hear of this show called WMAC Masters? No. What? Yeah. What it, could what could those letters possibly mean in that order? World Martial Arts Championship. It was this. Crazy show. I guess it lasted for two seasons. It was hosted by Shannon Lee, uh, who's Bruce Lee's daughter. And it was basically like Mortal Kombat inspired martial arts show in the style of pro wrestling. So you've got all of these different fighters from these different schools facing off against each other and also against like nameless bad guys. But instead of being in like a ring, it was in like, like a set. Right. So they'd be like going through like a deserted town or a temple or something and they'd be sparring. It was a wild show that I just barely remembered existed. One of those things that like you can't really confirm until you see it on the Internet. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This sounds like uh, it has the structure of a game show for kids, but it features professional martial artists. Yeah, it was definitely capitalizing on the Mortal Kombat trend. So it was like if you like it was created and produced by four kids productions. So, yeah. So it was um, like a little bit pro wrestling, a little bit American Gladiators, and a little bit Mortal Kombat, but safe for TV. And a little bit of Monica in my life. Mama number five, anybody? Okay. A little bit of Erica by your side. (laughs) Yeah, that's correct. Okay. Thank you for indulging me in this bit. You can cut it if you want. Nope. Staying in. So, (laughs) yeah, he's done a lot of work. I'm not going to talk too much about him, but what's important to uh, recognize is that he is... He was the original live-action Scorpion, and he reprised his role for this when he played the bodyguard, Takeda, which is a name that should mean something to some Mortal Kombat fans out there. Yeah, I I texted you about it immediately Yeah, while watching the first episode. I was mostly just confused by it. So was I. Like the inclu- the inclusion seems very weird, because in the event that it doesn't just become Scorpion, you're like, What? Yeah. Because they know what they're doing. Like, they know that they're dropping a name. But, like, to what end? This Scorpion's a little different than how we've seen him in the games, right? Like, early on in the games, he was just this, like, vengeful hellspawn ninja who was killed by uh, the first Sub-Zero, right? That's um, Bihan. Yeah. And is now, like, back at the tournament, at the first Mortal Kombat tournament, to fight him and get vengeance. So... Yeah. Early early versions of him didn't have any kind of um uh any more of a backstory than that. They didn't give him his his real name. His name and his original name in the manuals was listed as unknown and his occupation was listed as revenge. Which is so <laughs> funny. Oh my god. And the one detail they did give us as to why he's dressed exactly like Sub Zero except yellow was that 
you know, Sub-Zero had been established as a Lin Kuei warrior and Scorpion was wearing a yellow version of the Lin Kuei uniform in order to essentially call them cowards. That classic bit. His fit was an insult to their honor. Yeah. Yeah. What up? You really showed them, Scorp. Got him. Bodied. Yeah. So as the games go on, you know, they develop scorpion's backstory we find out that he was hanzo asashi shirai ryu assassin who was killed by bihan and trying to get revenge etc etc murdered an animated duck that one time yeah he killed killed daffy duck at the beginning of scorpion's revenge oh do you know why i just figured out why he killed daffy duck why is that because he fucking loves kingdom hearts (laughs) i didn't see that coming he's a donald (laughs) duck stan and he fucking loves Kingdom Hearts, dude. Get the get the fuck out of here, Daffy. You piece of shit. You would never once, not once in your life, let your heart be your guiding key. Not <laughs> once. I think you cracked it. Okay. So. <laughs> Somebody call the games press. This is fucking important. Right. <laughs> yeah, never mind the fact that I think WB Games still owns Mortal Kombat, right? So, who cares? They don't this is own urgent business. Nobody can own Scorpion. They don't. Heart. They don't own Scorpion. I was literally about to say exactly that because he loves Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> he wants to eat some of that blue ice cream. <laughs> all right. I thought we didn't want this to take all day. <laughs> Watch out for digital Scorpion. Okay. No, it's Data Scorpion. Shit. Whatever. You get it. This is 100% on you that we've gone 15 minutes so far. This joke was so important. Are you kidding me? I had to make that joke. <laughs> All right. Fuck you. So so later on in uh in the game series. You're, you're keeping that in, Neil. I'm keeping most of I'll keep most of it in. You got dude, you got to keep the Kingdom Hearts bit in, please. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. I think the joke is funny. Maybe not all of it, but I think a lot of it's pretty good. Anyway, I'm going to let you continue now so we're not here for eight hours. We're going to lose our seven listeners. But we're going to gain all the Kingdom Hearts stands. Yeah, we'll definitely put Kingdom Hearts in the description. We'll drag a few of them in. So, um, anyway. Mortal Kingdom Hearts Conquest. Yeah, that's it. That's the show now. Forever. <laughs> we're going to make our own fan characters. Simple and clean. I get it. I get it. Like the theme, like the Kingdom Hearts theme. Look at you. (laughs) Just a very delayed, I get it, is so funny. Oh, that's so good. I was taking taking a sip of rye because I needed to get through this. (laughs) Because I need to get through this. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh, that's a good bit. So, so, um. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) Okay. You can do this, Neil. <laughs> My head hurts. <laughs> All right. All right. So we know from the games that at some point, um, Hanzo Asashi kind of like gets control of the, the hell spawn and he's kind of more, he becomes more man than monster. And around this time in Mortal Kombat 10, um, the character uh, Kenshi has brought his son to, ch- to be watched by hanzo asashi and be um trained by him and kenshi's son's name is takeda yeah yeah and that's why this name like jumps out when you hear okay there's a bodyguard in mk conquest named takeda who's going to become the scorpion spirit because the scorpion connections there in the games right yeah and it i don't know i feel like it can't be a, con- a coincidence so i started doing some digging 
and I found something else. I found a, it, this is unconfirmed information that has been attributed to canon, but I can't find like the footnotes for it, and I can't find reference from it anywhere, that supposedly the official history of the, um, the Shirai Ryu in the Mortal Kombat universe is that it was started by a man named Takeda who had been a member of the Lin Kuei. So he had kind of, you know, been a student of the Lin Kuei, I think a couple other martial arts ninja assassin clans, and had kind of stolen all of their information to start a new school called the Shirai Ryu. And that apparently this is the history of the um, rivalry between the Lin Kuei and the Shirai Ryu. Now, I can't find any, like, concrete canon game manuals or dialogue in any of the video games that confirms this but that's been put out there on multiple places you can find it on like the mortal kombat wiki site you can find it mentioned on a few others if you look up the character takeda on the conquest wikis they reference the same detail but again i haven't like found the document that like backs it up so either like that's something really early that just hasn't been archived or maybe like the character Takeda, maybe it was a reference to that rumor, kind of like how like Akuma in Street Fighter was born out of a rumor of a hidden character named Shenlong, and Capcom kind of took that idea and was like, well, let's actually do that, right? Yeah, I, I, my gut check tells me that that's probably not right in any actual official capacity, though it may well have been true at some point. You know what yeah. I mean? It may have just been like old canon, right? Like, um, yeah. Because things have definitely changed over the years, of course, and there's been plenty of universe resets where they change minor details here and there, but it was a pretty interesting find. Totally. And maybe just Takeda Takahashi in MK10, maybe he's he was named that to reference this kind of old rumor or this old idea. I did a little bit more digging. I went through the Jeff Rovin Mortal Kombat novel from 1995, which is unattached to like any <laughs> to like any other like not not like movies or comics or games or anything just like its own thing and that gives a very different scorpion origin story that doesn't like corroborate this one i'm not going to go into it because it's wild it's just i think it's a son who's then possessed by his dad's vengeful spirit or something like that oh shit save that for a different knowledge is power or whatever the show is called i already forgot yeah but no, no one in that's named takeda so it doesn't really relate to this but um, yeah, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. This this name has been tied to the Scorpion character like before Conquest was around and before Mortal Kombat 10 was a thing. Corey, you and I reached out recently on Twitter to the man himself, John Tobias. Uh, <laughs> yes. Asking about the whole Takeda thing. Because if anyone out there remembers way back on our third podcast, uh, the uh, Mythologies episode we did on scorpion and takeda i very specifically in that said okay things online are telling me that takeda started the shirai ryu i can't find that information anywhere i've scoured all of my material i've looked through everything and i couldn't find mention of the name and uh john tobias rightly said yeah we put that in the mortal kombat mythologies instruction manual which honest to god was the one thing that i didn't look at when i was looking for <laughs> confirmation I had it. It's right there on my shelf. I tweeted out a picture of the page, right? We tweeted it out from the account. It was right fucking there. Yeah. The whole time. And I worked so hard not to find it. It's embarrassing. I worked so anyway, hard not to find it. It was right fucking there. <laughs> now, 
Do I blame whoever designed that manual? Yeah, I do a little bit because they put the story and bio stuff like towards the back as opposed to up front where you'd expect it to be, right? So that's just me passing the buck. Um, onto John Tobias. Anyway, <laughs> onto uh, the printer. <laughs> but yeah, shout out to John Tobias for uh, setting us straight on that. And uh, I just wanted to, to, you know, set that record straight for all of the uh, listeners who maybe aren't on Twitter. Shira Ryu started by a man named Takeda. It's Mortal Kombat canon. It's in the Mortal Kombat Mythologies Sub-Zero Manual. So that's the source. There you go. We can call that We can call that. Finally, canon. Neil can sleep for once in his life. You're not, you're not kidding. Oh, boy. Yeah, I think that's cool. And then I, if I understand correctly... We've also got some Raiden Raiden information. Yeah, there's a big, big controversy. That's come up multiple times in the Discord even, I think, that we're uh, members of the Mortal Podcast Discord. Did you turn the captions on at all when you were watching this show when we were watching Conquest? No, I probably should have, seeing as I know what this is about and I never checked, but uh, please enlighten me. So if you check, if you turn the subtitles on for like the Mortal Kombat movie or, you know, Annihilation or Conquest, every time someone says Raiden's name, it's spelled with a Y. And the official like canon spelling of Raiden's name is with an I, R-A-I-D-E-N, right? Yeah. But the, but the movies always spell it and the show spells it Raiden, R-A-Y-D-E-N. And there's been this big disconnect about why did this happen? Did they just get it wrong? Did they think it should be this other thing or whatever? And uh, did, did some more research. I uh, checked some sources here because that's what I do. I'm a Mortal Kombat detective, apparently. Archivist, scholar, connoisseur, aficionado, <laughs> expert. Actually, I need to give a shout out. Carpenter. I need to give a shout out to Jason DeLine because he and I were definitely talking about this a lot in the Discord. Friend of the show. Friend of the show, Jason DeLine. I want to make sure. Friend of both shows. He gets credit too. So he confirmed for me that in the arcade versions of Mortal Kombat 1, 2, etc., it's always been spelled R-A-I-D-E-N. But I popped in my own collection because I own like all the games. And if you play any of the old games, if you play Mortal Kombat 1 through 3, well, I guess he wasn't really in 3. So like 1 through Trilogy... Raiden is always listed in the home console versions as R-A-Y-D-E-N. They changed the spelling specifically for the home ports, but not in the arcade version. Okay. So the reason they did this is there is another video game series called Raiden, R-A-I-D-E-N, and it's a top-down, like, vertical shooter game, you know? Yeah, I'm familiar with those. And that was also coming out around the same time. And in Fatal Fury, another fighting game that came out in 1991, one of the sub-boss characters is a pro-wrestler-looking guy, actually based on pro-wrestler Vader, and his name is Raiden, R-A-I-D-E-N. So, well, wait, is is uh, is that not a like, beat-em-up, though? Couldn't they have gotten away with that? No. <laughs> F- Fatal Fury is one on- You're thinking of Final Fight. What am I? Final Fight. Yeah, yeah shit. <laughs> Fatal, Fatal Fury is a one-on-one fighting game. With a with a sub boss character named Raiden R A I D E N and it beat Mortal Kombat to the arcades you know by a a couple years so hey it's Neil just popping in real quick to tell you I'm an idiot I'm about to say Activision published the home versions of the original Mortal Kombat games which is dumb because the publisher was Acclaim so yeah when you hear me say Activision just know that I meant Acclaim mythologies.
Activision made the decision to um, change the spelling of the name for the home releases to kind of avoid any sort of litigation or copyright infringement. So they changed Raiden to R-A-Y-D-E-N. Then because that became the more familiar version, because the console versions had just a lot more reach, right? Huge sales. Not everyone could get to the arcades, but everybody could get to the Sega Genesis. They kept that spelling through Mortal Kombat Trilogy, and it wasn't until Mortal Kombat 4 that they put the spelling back to Raiden, R-A-I-D-E-N, and made it consistent. So is the only reason they didn't want to have that in the arcades was because other games included the name Raiden yeah. with an I? Yeah, that's, that seems to be the big concern. But there, there are so many things that differentiate Mortal Kombat from other things that I don't know why this was seen as a problem. Well, I don't think it really was. I, think, I honestly think it was the Fatal Fury, because, I mean, even the name's similar, Fatal Fury, Mortal Kombat... Right. Even though it's not a hyper-violent game and it's not bloody, like, and the fact that it was a 2D fighting game, I think that that definitely made Activision, who was publishing the home versions, be like, hey, let's just make sure. Because, I mean, they were also like a huge hit, right? Like, yeah, more people know Mortal Kombat than know Fatal Fury. But at the time, that wasn't the case, right? But it was a phenomenon. This is like that time they nearly, they nearly took Reptile out of the game because... Uh, <laughs> because what do you got? Primal Rage is a game, and they've got dinosaurs in there. <laughs> okay. Primal Rage. Just like Reptile. Primal Rage came after, so. I know. I know. I just had the thought. I'm like, I need to get this joke out. <laughs> Tot- but I'm, I'm bringing these jokes to the Game Master, <laughs> and you know all the game history, and I'm going to look like a big maroon. <laughs> no, I actually, props to you for making a Primal Rage reference. <laughs> so. <laughs> So I think you got it, bud. Yeah. Know your audience. Stay tuned for Primal Rage Cast, <laughs> Metal Slug Cast. <laughs> yeah. So I think because the home console versions were the like most widely known versions of Mortal Kombat one and two, when it came time to do the movies and do any kind of licensed media, they were just like, "We're gonna use the Raiden spelling because that's what people know, right?" So I looked through the Malibu comic book series. The Mortal Kombat comic book series, yeah. Blood and Thunder, they spell Raiden with a Y in that also. And I looked through the um, Jeff Rovin novel that I talked about earlier, and Raiden is always spelled with a Y in that too. He spelled Raiden with a Y in Mortal Kombat, the movie, in, in Annihilation. I didn't check uh, Defenders of the Realms, but I'm pretty sure it's the same in that also. And that's just the way it is. Anything outside of the video game series, they spell it with a Y. Yeah, that's... That's so weird to me because I don't know if it's just like the games I played as well um, because I'm, I'm younger, so uh, I wasn't getting to it right away. And it was something I just kind of got to late generally, but everything is, it's always been right in with an I. Yeah. So to see it not be that and to it very consistently not be that is very bizarre to me. Yeah. I, yeah. By Mortal Kombat 4, they had consolidated the spelling in the video games so that the home version matched the arcade yes. version. And then it became a console series anyway so so now i'm kind of at the point where i i wonder if uh if there's any like notable characterization differences between raiden with an i and raiden with a y because obviously our tv show raiden with a y is like a snarky as fuck gym teacher basically who gives lectures but you know i'd be curious to see if there's any consistency across the spellings which i mean i I doubt it but i mean raiden's kind of a kind of a narc in every universe (laughs) Right, but I don't know if this Raiden's a narc. Like, I don't know if Conquest Raiden is a narc. Yeah, you're right. More than he's just, like, 
he's honestly kind of aloof almost because yeah. he's like very jokey. Yeah, he's doing a good. Um, he's trying to find the sweet spot between the Christopher Lambert and uh, James Remar versions of Raiden from the movies. Oh yeah, I think yeah, he's definitely trying to thread the needle to mixed results. Yeah, he's, I, I think he's doing an okay job. I enjoy it. I enjoy it, but I don't know if it's good. There's one late, late series episode where you just get straight up horny Raiden. You're not going to like that at all. Ooh, I don't know <laughs> if I want. I don't think I want that. Yeah, I actually took a. I don't want horny most things. Well, you're watching the wrong show, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. What are you going to say? You actually what? No, I'm not going to. I actually had took a video clip of the scene. It's um, it's Raiden hitting on a like a bar. Ter- terrible! That person's at work. Don't do hitting that. on a tavern wench, for lack of a better word. She's into it though. She's sitting on his lap, and it was just like, this is the god of. Thunder. I feel like that's moved. That's progressed. Be- that's progressed beyond hitting on somebody if they're sitting on your lap. Yeah, I'm not going to give you. That's a different thing. That's first date. I'm not going to give you the context, but yeah, it was a. I don't want it. <laughs> it was a wild. <laughs> I was like, okay, god of thunder. Thanks for looking out for Earth Realm. Let me off Raiden's wild ride. You're the god of thunder, not the god of rain. So stop trying to get it wet. Wow. Sick, dude. Hell yeah, brother. Um, <laughs> I was, what I was going to say, trying to gloss over that as much as possible, is, uh, <laughs> is um, historically speaking, gods love to come down and mess with humans yeah. all the time. So he's just following in the footsteps of those that came before him. True, he's a, he's a mythological figure. <laughs> Doesn't make it less gross and weird. Yeah. But that's you play the hand you're dealt. <laughs> <laughs> so there's so there's one more little thing I think we could talk about. It's just a, a just a brief aside. Um, the uh, the cobalt mines, right? So the cobalt mines are a part of Shokan, which in the games and in the movies are referenced as like a subterranean world where the Shokan are from, right? Where Goro and Shiva and Kentaro. And his boys. Not Grum, though. He's from a different kingdom, so we're not... Where's the knowledge? Uh, There is no knowledge without... Or there's... Fuck, I keep getting the name of our show wrong. Yeah, it's it's Uh, a bad name. Where's the episode of this about Grum? It's coming. It's inevitable. We'll just have to do it just to... Contractual obligation. Just for our friends. We'll have to do it, so... Yeah. So the cobalt mines are a part of this underground world, and it's not something that's ever really been featured in a Mortal Kombat game or seen before. So it's kind of a made-up thing. But there is, interestingly, the uh, John Tobias-penned Mortal Kombat 4 comic book makes one specific change to the events of the Mortal Kombat story, where after Kitana and Sindel have brought back Adenia after Shao Kahn's defeat, they banish reptile to the nether realm as punishment for aiding shao khan but in the comic book they banish him to the cobalt mines instead and that's literally the only reference to the cobalt mines outside of mortal kombat conquest mk4 was coming out about the same time as this show it must have just been like a little you know sharing of ideas a reference point kind of thing maybe john tobias put it in as a you know just to do a callback to the show or something. I don't really know how that stuff works, but it's just kind of interesting the way that the the show stuff might be influencing some of the game decisions. And there's a few things that we'll get to later on uh, where it does seem like there's some 
parallels between what's happening in Conquest and what's going to happen in the game series as well. So we'll save that for uh, some later episodes, though. Yeah, I think there's definitely a bit of like mutual influence or like they're remixing each other back and forth basically yeah it's brand brand like, consistency can lift, you can lift some stuff from the games the games can lift some stuff from this dare i say they're hd remixing themselves <laughs> but, uh, i mean conquest is definitely mortal Kombat chopped and screwed <laughs> yeah drop three five drop. three five eight yeah. days over two. mortal Kombat union cross mortal Kombat conquest days over two all right knowledge is power that's it thanks for listening to uh kingdom hearts cast yeah, uh, thank you for coming on this journey with us. My name is Roxas, okay. <laughs> and I love to party. Yeah. I can't even hear it. Oh, I can't. I, I just my keyboard's loud enough that I'm always kind of worried that if I'm typing while we're doing a thing, that it's like showing up. I heard it that time. Oh, okay, well, you don't have to lie to me. Well, I I didn't hear it the first time. I heard it the second time. But who cares, man? <laughs> Let the audience in. Let them see how we do this goddamn sorcery. Now, I know what you're thinking. He must have been typing prep for this very complicated and thorough show that they make. Nope, I was texting about Formula One, as is tradition. (laughs) And as is tradition, I was playing Mortal Kombat Trilogy on my Sega Saturn earlier. Were you actually? Like, earlier today? I was. Dude, we're caricatures of ourselves. Hold on a second. Are you going to turn it on? No, hold on. No, just what garage door was going up, and I know the mic picked it up. I didn't hear it. Yeah, who cares? Again, it's <laughs> podcast magic, baby. Yeah, welcome to the show where we do magic into microphones. I'm not even talking. I'm just doing a bunch of mystical hand gestures. <laughs> Your our green microphones. Dude, I wish I had a glowing green microphone. I feel like what a magic microphone would actually look like is one of those hollowed out ones that are plastic that you give to a baby that you yell into it and it just echoes in there and it sort of sounds like reverb. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you give that to a baby, but if you make it green, it turns the reverb knob up to like 600. <laughs> and then green skulls fly out of it. Green skulls fly out of your podcatcher of choice. Shout out to Podcast Addict on Android. The best podcast player there is. Shout out to... Whatever will play me the sounds that I want to hear in my ears, because I will use it. Were you were you listening to podcasts when certain popular shows had their own dedicated apps you could get? You'll you'll have to be more specific with certain popular shows. Well, I mean, there was just a bunch of them. Like I know Girl on Guy with Aisha Tyler, she had an app, and Mark Marin had an app. And <laughs> in Mark Marin's app, you could also that's how you used to get the premium, you know. And then like everything just kind of got consolidated into like Stitcher Premium or whatever it is. But there used to be a time where you could just like if you you sure you could put the feed in to your regular podcast app, or you could get the dedicated WTF app and just all WTF all the time. <laughs> No, I uh, I think I missed the boat on like dedicated show apps. That seems terribly inefficient. Well, again, it was it was it seemed to be the way that people were doing like paid model right podcasts for a while. I uh, I don't know. I've never been too like precious about where I'm able to get stuff, which is why I'm apparently willing to rent a '90s television show or rather buy off of YouTube because it will get me there, and that's what counts. If we're talking about conquest, I'm pretty sure I paid for that. Well. <laughs> Somebody did. Somebody bought it off of YouTube. That's for sure. Don't worry. You won't have to pay for Defenders of the Realm. Oh, I've got one. I've got one whole. I got that on my iPod Classic in one gigantic four hour, 20 minute file. Nice. Yeah, you do. 
And I really hope that's how you watch it. That's how I'm going to watch it. I thought <laughs> gonna, about it. I I'm did gonna, think about it. I'm going to put the file on my Zune HD. Dude, did you have a Zune? Of course you had a Zune. Never mind. Of course you did. Two. I have two Zunes, actually. Well, I have two iPod Classics, so maybe we should fight. Okay. I love that you were a Zune guy, because I'm not in any way, shape, or form surprised by that fact. I need some more of this zero sugar cherry Coca-Cola energy, energy Coke. which I am actually drinking. That's not a elixir. Last episode, I didn't have one. Listening back to the edit, like, yeah, I, I can tell I didn't have one. <laughs> as far as I'm aware, you are the only person who regularly drinks that. So I have to believe that every time you tell me you have one, you are having one. Yeah, I would never lie about it. Somebody would find out if you lied. Yeah, and then they would... Uh... Somebody, somebody somewhere has a pager that they don't know they have. And then if you personally ever lie about zero energy, Coke, sugar, zero cherry, Coke, whatever it is, they will get hit with the pager, and that's like their secret code phrase, and it's going to become like the Manchurian candidate, and they will track you down and kill you. <laughs> okay, first of all, you know what it's called. Don't act like you don't. I don't know how to precisely say it actually it's <laughs> second of all i love the idea someone just has this pager doesn't know that they have it right yeah it's just like in a drawer somewhere i don't drink a coke energy drink their pager goes off and they just go the fuck is vibrating what's where's that noise coming from and then as soon as they read the phrase on the pager and this is not if you don't drink it this is just if you don't drink it and say you did or vice versa <laughs> You can't lie about the drink. Their first thought is, um, shit, have I been paying for a pager <laughs> all these years? God damn it. God, think about all the money I could have used on Zunes. <laughs> had I not been paying all this pager money on different shitty technology. I did have Windows phones, too. I had Windows. Of course you fucking did. Jesus Christ. It, hey, that, it was a good operating system. Windows phones are the Sega Saturn of phones. Also, isn't it just the Zune operating system? It was a better, it was an improved version. It was really nice. I'm just going to leave it there. Yeah, who else would use a Windows phone? Striker. Striker wouldn't use a Windows phone. Striker had a Blackberry that he wore on his hip like a Striker gun. Striker 100% was one of those guys who was like, ah, I'm not smartphone. I'm, I got this flip phone. It calls people. That's all I need. That he wears on his hip like a gun. I don't text. I'm Striker. I suck. He plays, he plays Snake on his phone and also shoots innocent people. <laughs> No, he doesn't. He doesn't know how to play Snake on his phone. He <laughs> <laughs> There's a bunch of blurry pictures that he took with a 0.3 megapixel camera. I don't know. My kids told me that is games on here. I don't I'm not playing games. I'm I'm too dedicated to my life as a riot cop. The only number I have on speed dial is 911 so my boys can come <laughs> fuck you up. <laughs> Uncle Joey looking fuck motherfucker. Striker, man. Fucking douche. <laughs> And on that I note, cannot wait until we get to Defenders of the Realm. <laughs> it's God damn it. It's going to become the Fuck Striker podcast. So, oh, every fucking episode. Every episode. <sighs> <laughs> but we're not there yet. We got to get through not quite. Conquest. We got to talk about our boys. Right, let's, let's get into this shit, gamers. All right, dorks. All right, that's not. Don't insult them. They are our listeners. All right, dweebs and nerds and losers. <laughs> dummies and idiots and maroons and fools all you dorks and dweebs and losers and idiots and ghosts and ghouls fools and all the other things Corey said go ahead and turn off the podcast this isn't for you you're not our list <laughs> this is for us mostly <laughs> 
This is mostly for us. So, Corey, we are doing a Mythologies episode this week. And uh, we've done one of these before. We talked a lot about Scorpion and a lot about how to spell Raiden's name correctly in this universe, particularly. Yes. Man, we got a lot to cover this this week, uh, gamers. We've got a lot of boys, <laughs> gamers. A lot of boy gamers. Got a lot of boys. You know, I'm skipping the Black Dragon stuff. I don't think that there's enough to talk about there. And, like, really, who cares? Yeah, honestly, yeah, who cares? Mostly, who cares? But, uh, man, ever since the last... Since we did the last uh, Mythologies episode, we met Sub-Zero, we met Noob Saibot, and we met Quan Chi and his trio of assassins. The Big Six is what they're usually called by yeah, fans. We, we, we met the Big Six. Kiri and Sora and Cian are definitely three of the most popular Mortal Kombat Iconic characters. characters. Legends. Legendary characters. Legendary performances. Where else do you think Kingdom Hearts came from? Yeah. We're gonna, is this one going to become another half kingdom hearts podcast half Mortal no Kombat. i don't have i don't have nearly enough kingdom hearts lore on hand yeah so this week we're gonna talk about sub-zero noob saibot and quan chi because um anyone who's familiar with the video game canon knows that those three characters in particular their stories are heavily heavily intertwined and uh not so much in the uh television show Right. So let's just get a little bit of a refresher on how we saw each of those characters in Conquest. So back in the episode Cold Reality, we meet Sub-Zero, never given a civilian name, just a code name, Sub-Zero, right? <laughs> Civ- I love civilian name there. <laughs> He's a mysterious, uh, mostly naked dude with ice powers who's being trained by the Lin Kuei. I love that Um, a... Uh... Oh, I forgot what you said already. A mostly naked dude, magical dude, whatever, um, is not is not necessarily a descriptor that. Uh, never mind. That joke went away. I don't know. <laughs> oh boy, that joke died as I was saying it. <laughs> this is a this is a fucking. I'm a, I apologize to all, all my right. all my fans and my haters. <laughs> don't apologize to the haters. <laughs> Oh boy. So uh yeah, so we meet we meet Sub Zero in Cold Reality. He's uh being trained by the Lin Kuei to be an assassin slash thief, and he attacks the uh combat crew, uses up too much ice power and has to retreat because he's scared of Raiden. And we haven't seen him since. No. But we do know at the very least we're gonna be seeing him in the Mortal Kombat film. Yeah. And uh presumably that is the same Sub Zero. In that Mortal Kombat movie, he does get killed by Liu Kang. And then in Annihilation, his little brother shows up as Sub-Zero 2. And all of that kind of shit pretty much tracks with the games, except for the fact that Liu Kang didn't kill him. Scorpion did, right? Yeah. So that that one's pretty straightforward, all things considered. Yeah. A pretty accurate origin story and tracking of Sub-Zero's timeline. Presumably, what that does mean is we are dealing with Bihan. <laughs> yeah. So theoretically, we're dealing with Bihan. Interesting thing, I watched Mortal Kombat Legacy recently, and they pronounce it as Bihan in that. Huh. I don't know what the accurate you know, Chinese pronunciation would be. And actually, in uh, Legacy, they, uh, they've changed the Lin Kuei to be a a rival Japanese clan, not a Chinese clan also. So maybe it's a, a regional pronunciation. It's um, it's like, damn it, I had a fucking joke there too and I forgot what it was mid saying it. It's a, uh, what the fuck is the steamed hams bit with the regional dialect? What is he talking about? He's talking about steamed hams. God fucking damn it. <laughs> <laughs> you 
can keep that in if you want. Jesus <laughs> Christ. No, we have to cut that out because we did that last time. We did no, that we exactly. didn't. There's no way we did that again. 100% we did that because I said, I forget what it was, but there was a mis... We said something was a regional dialect. And it's, then a Utica, you s- it's a Utica expression. And then you made a Utica joke, and then I said steamed hams, but it's Mortal Kombat Conquest. That's in the Quan Chi episode, I think, <laughs> dude. That recently? Christ, yeah, we're already yes. a broken record. Yeah, that fucking recently. <laughs> Woof. Hate to see that. Well, anyway. All of that basic information kind of tracks with just general, especially early um, Sub-Zero uh, storylines. That all kind of adds up. But anyway, that's what we've seen of Sub-Zero in Conquest and some stuff we know about him in the future. Let's talk about Conquest noob Saibot, who uh, doesn't really have much of a backstory. He was just an oily leather daddy ninja from a distant realm imprisoned on Earth realm by Shao Kahn, freed by Siro, who was tricked by Kiri and Anka, defeated by Kung Lao, but not killed because he comes back and oozes away. Like, like a gross man. Just a gross, gross, drippy dude. And uh, it is written in the script of Mortal Kombat Annihilation that the um, black ninja that pours out of Ermac in the same kind of oily like special effect is credited as Noob Saibot, is named Noob Saibot in the script, and I believe in the credits as well, because I think he's played he's played by somebody we've seen on the show. So we know he goes from being an oily leather daddy to an oily bottom. Oily leather grandfather. <laughs> so that's basically all we know about Noob Saibot from the movies, right? And then we got our bro, Quan Chi, our horny necromancer. Can't help but notice the last two character descriptions are earth-shatteringly horny. Well, it's a horny show. Sub-Zero, mostly naked, frozen in that ice block. That was that was pretty horny, too. Oh, it's it's all the way down. It's all the way down. <laughs> yeah, so now we got Quan Chi, horny necromancer, who lives in the nether realm by choice in this universe and sticks souls into living bodies of hot people to have assassin slaves do stuff for him. Yes. We've seen him try to corrupt Kung Lao's soul and turn everybody into dicks. And we've seen him team up with uh, Shang Tsung to imprison Kung Lao in his own personal hell. And we've seen that not work out so well for him. It seems like most people who get imprisoned anywhere in this show, it tends to not go great because most people don't stay imprisoned for very long in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, something needs to be said about Shao Kahn's decision to lock Shang Tsung in the cobalt mines. Really seems like there was no foresight on that at all because it's not really... I mean, considering the cobalt mines don't sap Shang Tsung. That's what I mean. Strength. Like, it's not stopping him from doing. Like, this whole show is Shang Tsung showing why the Cobalt Mines are, like, not a big deal. Yeah. And also giving him just, like, a pile of souls that he can, like, steal from other prisoners to keep strong. It's like, hmm, maybe you should have just, like, put him in a box somewhere where he couldn't suck people's souls and uh, would just eventually run out of magic. I don't know if a box is, like, the right answer. Maybe the better answer would have been, like, kill him. Probably, yeah. Kill him, Shao Kahn. Rip his head off. You can do that. You're Shao Kahn. But uh, whatever. Anyway, so the big thing that Conquest changes is that in the Mortal Kombat video game continuity, all three of these characters are incredibly closely related to the point where one of them is in fact two of them. Yeah, I guess that's a pretty regular thing too, huh? Let's talk a little bit about Sub-Zero from the games. And again, we're going to presume that the Sub-Zero in the show is... Sub-Zero 1, Bihan, or Bihan, depending on... Uh, Let's go with Bihan for the sake of our own internal consistency. I'm going to stick to the Bihan pronunciation, because it's certainly what I'm used to, but I do not mean to be culturally insensitive. So, 
In the games, Sub-Zero number one, Bihan, is a uh, assassin for the Lin Kuei. He's got cryomancer powers, and he's like their top dude, right? So sometime pretty much immediately before the Mortal Kombat tournament that we see in the first game, Quan Chi hires the Lin Kuei and specifically Bihan to uh, complete a task for him. And this task is to find a map, steal a map from a Shaolin temple, and then a second job of following this map to steal this artifact, this amulet, which is Shinnok's amulet. And uh, in exchange, Quan Chi vows to kill the uh, Shirai Ryu, Scorpion's tribe, Scorpion's clan, if they uh, succeed on this mission. Now, the other thing that Quan Chi did is also hire Hanzo Hisashi of the Shirai Ryu to find and steal this thing too, and uh, promises them that he'll wipe out the Lin Kuei in exchange. But uh, unfortunately for the Shirai Ryu, uh, Bihan is the one who is successful in this mission. He also kills Hanzo Hasashi, and he steals the amulet, or attempts to steal the amulet, and then Quan Chi pops in and is like, Haha, I tricked you, motherfucker. I'm taking the amulet, and he zaps away. Raiden pops in and is like, Oh, Bihan, you fucked up, dude. He's going to destroy the realms. He's going to free <laughs> Shinnok. You got to go and rectify this, right? This is all the storyline of the Mortal Kombat Mythologies Sub-Zero game which is where uh, we stole this title from. This is where we stole this title from, and it's where Quan Chi made his uh, debut as a uh, character in the Mortal Kombat game series. And it was pronounced Quan Chi, which I always thought was weird. <laughs> Maybe don't keep that in. Maybe that's a little insensitive. <laughs> but it is funny. It's pretty It's pretty good. <laughs> All right, I'm keeping it in. If we're going to say Bihan and it's supposed to be Bihan, we can make a Quan Chi joke for sure. <laughs> How do you want your fries cooked? I want them quenchy. <laughs> it's a little kid who loves the crunch. <laughs> I just can't say it right. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they keep me around. <laughs> now it has to stay in. That's going out to the whole world, Corey. <laughs> That's going to be heard by upwards of 20 people. <laughs> <laughs> and most of them are not listening closely. All right, so... Long story short, Sub-Zero goes into the Nether Realm, where he meets Serena, one of Quan Chi's assassins. He steals the amulet back. Turns out that amulet was a fake. He faces off against the resurrected spirit of Hanzo Hisashi, the scorpion demon who is now, like, vowing for revenge. But he gets out of there and thinks everything is, like, all set and good, and he did something to kind of redeem himself. He's now, like, kind of righted a wrong that he didn't fully understand, supposedly. And he is then approached immediately after this by Shang Tsung and hired to fight on the side of Outworld in the Mortal Kombat tournament that we see in the first game. Meanwhile, our buddy... Uh, Scorpion, Hanzo Asashi, is also entering the tournament, vowing revenge against Bihan. And at that first tournament, that first game's tournament, Scorpion kills Bihan, right? Pretty sure he rips his head off or burns him alive. I don't know the canon way that he dies. It's been presented in a few different ways. But uh, boom, Bihan is dead, right? Yes. R.I.P. R.I.P. So the Sub-Zero we see in all we the do games... A lot of, we say a lot of fatality in this show, but we don't say a lot of rest in peace. Well, we we, we would hope he would rest in peace, but it's going to turn out that that's not going to be the case for our boy, Bihan. Because down in the Nether Realm, where his soul has been taken, Quan Chi, who, again, tricked all of these people into these acts of vengeance and thinking they killed each other's tribes and whatnot, resurrects Bihan's soul, turning him into an undead revenant. I suppose. Yeah. Removing any of the goodness that still remained in his heart, 
and slathering him in oil. <laughs> and he is reborn in uh, the Nether Realm as Noob Saibot. Right. The weirdest thing I think that the series did was separate these two or separate this one character into two separate entities. I was really trying to figure out why the fuck they did that, right? Because at this point... Because <laughs> it's because it's cool and weird, Neil. Well, yeah. Wait, you hate the oily leather daddy, though. <laughs> I hate... I hate what he stands for, but I like overall. I'm like, like him personally is is like deeply unpleasant to my eyes and my being. Right. But like overall, it's like the idea of killing a guy and then resurrecting his soul into like a different thing is kind of cool. It's pretty hardcore. It is, yeah, it's pretty cool. So, uh, outside of storylines, Noob Saibot premiered in Mortal Kombat Two as a hidden fight, much in the way Reptile was a hidden fight in the first Mortal Kombat. And I think the only way that you could fight against noob saibot in mortal kombat 2 is if you went if you i think you have to win 50 matches in a row right and then you get access to this hidden fight and he's presented in that game in mortal kombat 2 he's a palette swap of sub-zero but all black no definition at all just like completely flat black and uh he's a real pain in the ass to fight against <laughs> but he didn't have any backstory in Mortal Kombat 2, and he didn't have any backstory in Mortal Kombat 3, where he was also a hidden fighter. The difference in Mortal Kombat 3 being that he was an all-blacked-out version of Kano. Okay. Because there were no ninjas, like the traditional ninja sprites. There were none present in that game. And it would have been too much work to put that in there, obviously. So they took Kano, and they just blacked him out, and then he was a hidden fight in Mortal, in Mortal Kombat 3. Also, in Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3, you could, on the home consoles, on the Sega Genesis... Super Nintendo, Sega Saturn, presumably the Super Nintendo, also. Sega Genesis. Then I bought a Saturn and also a Zune. <laughs> is that going on the EP? Hell yeah. All right. This is how I branch out into my music career. <laughs> Can't think of a Mortal Kombat reference to, to Notorious B.I.G. It's Quanchy. It's just Quanchy. Notorious Quanchy. Good enough. Whatever. Notorious Quanchy. Uh, it's pronounced Quanchy. Yeah, that's the same joke. I didn't make the connection in my head. <laughs> I was trying. To, <laughs> I was trying to, <laughs> oh no, it's this, that bit was so good. We did it again. <laughs> I was trying to. Well, I was trying to reference the G and B I G. Whatever. In a uh, Ultimate Mortal Kombat three, you can actually unlock Noob Saibot to play as, and in that game, he is a palette swap of Scorpion, and he's not all black. He is kind of grayed out, like he's got, you know. No facial features. It's he's, You can see he's not just a silhouette. You can see like the definition of the ninja costume. And he's got like a unique set of moves where he's like sending these shadow versions of himself to like grab you and throw you and stuff, which is right. like a, a well-known power of his to like kind of create these these shadow duplicates of himself. Right. Everyone knows that. Your grandma knows that. You could wake her up in the middle of the night, scare the shit out of your grandma and be like, what does Noob Saibot do? And she would be like, she can be complete shadow clones. And you'd be like, that's right, grandma. Also, I misspoke, and just to make sure I don't have to drop in a record <laughs> scratch in interruption here, that's in Mortal Kombat Trilogy, not Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3. Mortal Kombat right. Trilogy, I believe, is the first time he's got the full ninja look with definition and started to evolve into like the modern version of the character. Right. Only a dunce would make that confusion, and no dunces here. Yeah, I mean... I, this is the... Whatever the opposite of a confederacy of dunces is, is what this podcast is. A union of smarty pantses. That's correct. A coalition of Zune owners. I, a mur it's a murder a murder of Zune owners. Thank you. Okay. Like a murder of crows. I got it. I just didn't know where else to go. All right. Just acknowledge... It's not always something. <laughs> Wait, does Rudy Giuliani have COVID? 
Probably. Did he get? Hang on, sorry. <laughs> Glad you're engaged in this bullshit we're doing. <laughs> no, I just I have tweet deck open. It's just moving. So I looked over. I saw that because I saw a tweet that said utterly grief stricken about Rudy having COVID. Anyway, Alexa play, and then it's a link to We Like to Party voice. <laughs> That's good shit. It's a good tweet. Okay, so so Noob Saibot's present in Mortal Kombat Two, Mortal Kombat Three, Mortal Kombat Trilogy, Mortal Kombat for uh it's not until mortal Kombat deception the sixth main series game that the information is revealed that noob saibot is bihan is the original sub-zero brought back to life so that wasn't established in the game's storyline until right until 2004 which again is years after Good con- year. years after conquest right many many years after conquest Many moons ago, I don't know what this voice is. <laughs> so what I really like in retrospect about the Conquest Noob Saibot episode is that it um it really did kind of mimic the hidden fight aspect of the character in the games he was premiering in, right? I mean, it was he was locked away in this chamber underground and Ciro had to like go through this journey to find him. He had to fight these like or he and Taja had to fight these guards that were protecting him to access the fight right so like from a meta aspect like a, if we're looking at this like it's consistent to what we've seen up to that point as insofar as the show is still doing its own thing yeah but they're but they're definitely referencing this idea of like okay so you you play Mortal Kombat 2 you win 50 matches in a row and you get to unlock this like cool secret hidden fight that you didn't know was there and of course as we all know when you unlock the heat secret fight a bunch of weird vaseline type oil starts oozing out of your genesis controller and it does not stop until you beat the fight like if you turn the console off it just keeps coming like you gotta put it in a jar or a tub to make it stop (laughs) like you have to you just have to play until you beat them it's gross dude fucking it is gross i mean tell that to fucking uh midway i don't know how they made a genesis do that it true it truly does what nintendo don't because on the super nintendo version no oil came out just dry sand just dry <laughs> sand pours out of your super nintendo controller <laughs> <laughs> no it's just coming out of the speaker holes on your tv it's <laughs> like the fucking mummy <laughs> <laughs> and that's how you unlock the ermac fight all right <laughs> That's how you unlock the Brendan Fraser fight. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that accounts for the invented mythology from for Noob Saibot from Conquest. They just had no idea what the fuck the guy was because he didn't have any kind of a storyline. I do think it's interesting that I definitely remember rumors about like storyline rumors about Noob Saibot. People before it was revealed, like still back in like the Mortal Kombat two and three days on the playground at school. People were definitely theorizing, I guess it must have been Mortal Kombat 3 time, because that's when we really figured out that the second Sub-Zero, the Sub-Zero that was in the games was the second Sub-Zero, and the first one had died officially. People started like, oh, you know what, I think it's it's uh, it's old Sub-Zero, right? It's, it's Sub-Zero's, it's the first Sub-Zero come back to life as Noob Saibot. And I think the driving force behind that rumor was probably the fact that it was very clear that he was a a blacked out silhouette version of Sub-Zero's uh, character sprite from that game. Yes. And then that like, you know, eventually becomes canon. I love that kind of shit where like the, the, the myths surrounding video games like get brought in and referenced for the fans in the games themselves. Yeah, totally. I just think that's a pretty cool touch. But in any case, Bihan, Sub-Zero, and Noob Saibot 
are the same person. Yeah, that's true. And it all happened because of Quan Chi. Quan Chi. All because of Quan Chi. Why does Quan Chi sound like a Sasquatch spinoff? Um, Quan Chi. God damn it. I had a joke. It's gone. <laughs> Quan Chi is the noob Saibot equivalent of the Yeti for sure. God, I fucking love Quan Chi so much. <laughs> And of course, we should just put it on record here that yes, Noob Saibot's name is in fact Tobias Boone backwards, John Tobias and Ed Boone, the creators of the Mortal Kombat The creators series. of the oozing Genesis control. <laughs> I know Jeff Smith from fifth grade. I know that it's Boone Tobias backwards. Yeah, shut up, Jeff. And you said his name wrong. You said it was Tobias, and that stuck in my head for years. LMAO. <sighs> I already talked about that on an episode. It was a cold open to one of the episodes. Me bitching about that. <laughs> I like how we're already playing the hits. Well, it's hey, when you're all killer, no filler. <laughs> it means that sometimes you start reusing the killer as filler. <laughs> all right, I think that pretty much covers the noobs I bought Sub Zero stuff. I want to talk a little bit about Quan Chi because all killer as filler. I like it. There we go. I was gonna leave you hanging on that, but it was too good. Um. <laughs> Quan Chi in the show is, with the exception of being horny, which it is, is pretty much Quan Chi from the video games. And uh, yeah, he's basically just a sort of wandering sorcerer who hangs out in the nether realm and likes to get up to shenanigans and cause trouble for people. And sure, we all do. In the video game, I mean, he's thirsty for power in the video games. He's certainly thirsty for power and other things in the TV show. But he, um, he really just wants to like get power and real shit. And, uh, you know, he looks just like he does in the games. He looks just like he does in mythologies, except it's a different actor portraying him in the he series. He looks tight as fuck. Looks tight as fuck. But let's talk a little bit about the history of the character, because I did say incorrectly, maybe two, three episodes ago, before we saw him, but right as we were going to see him, that uh, he was a character created for the Defenders of the Realm cartoon series. And that's not exactly accurate. So I just want to, like... <laughs> clear that up right he was created for a series of kia commercials he was and then they like you know we're gonna go with the hamsters and so yeah when they were like uh we want to sell the kia soul by <laughs> using a character that will rip out your soul it's perfect we hired Quan chi to sell the kia soul but he just kept absorbing all of the <laughs> kia souls all the cars were gone and he just walked around saying like i've got soul yeah and it's like that's not we don't have a, we have to show off the car can you get in the car we brought real people not actors to drive this car they're not actors they're real people trust me he walked on the he walked on the shoot on the on the commercial shoot and he saw the key is soul sitting around and he said more souls for daddy <laughs> is that is that the plural it's not kia souls it's kia's soul it's absolutely it's like whoppers jr <laughs> Yeah. How many Whoppers Junior would you have? At least, at least two. At least two Whoppers Junior. Uh, that's good. Whoppers Junior. You come up with that? No, that's that's actually that's actually. Did the true. Burger King do that? Is no, it really? that's actually like prop. That's that's my touchstone for that type of language rule. Is it from the Burger King? Well, it is about Burger King, but it's not. I don't know where I heard it from. It was not from like a Burger King commercial. <laughs> okay. It's not canon. 
What are we doing Burger King mythologies? Are we talking about the Xbox games? We'll talk about Sneak King and... Yeah, Cart. Pocket Bike Racer. Pocket Champ. I think I still have all of those, by the way. Carnival <laughs> carnival Clown Man. I fully believe you do. That's the least surprising thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> I don't know where they are. I, and I honestly may have gotten rid of them recently, but I definitely had them for a long time. And I didn't even pay, pay for them. A friend gave them to me. He was like, here, you want these? I was like, Convenient. Yeah, yeah I don't... Get, I don't... As long as I'm not giving Burger King money, I'm cool. <laughs> okay. So you know how last episode... <laughs> Kung Lao was put into his own personal heaven that was going to become his own personal hell. Yeah. That's what Burger King is for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, are you a is Burger King your fast food of choice? No, absolutely not. Amongst the big several. But I want like I no, it's it's few things I hate more than Burger King. <laughs> I think that um they could have probably had an easier time keeping Kung Lao in the pocket dimension if they sent him to Burger King. He just hang out and eat like Just put him and Jen in a Burger King. Did Burger Kings have playgrounds cuz he could go fuck around in there for a bit? Unlimited cheesy tots. Some of them do. I don't Yeah, I, there you go. I don't know, man. Let's talk talk about Burger King. I'm it's kind of making me feel sick. <laughs> <laughs> I have a good out for this bit if you don't want to talk about Burger King anymore. It's just something about the place it just like makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> Existentially, you hate Burger King. But yeah. so um in in the It's no world's largest McDonald's, that's for sure. The town over from where I grew up and also another town nearby us. So there's two of these locations. There's yeah. a restaurant that's been around since like the 60s, I think. Uh, and you're goddamn right. It's just called King Burger. <laughs> <laughs> and they're, um, they're just untouchable at this point. <laughs> well, yeah. Like, I don't know how they got around that legally, but... Um, Night, since the had, 60s. They were probably there first. I had never had any King Burger. It was really close to like my house. like, And I didn't know anybody who had had it either. The building looked kind of like old and stuff. But eventually one day, I think last year, I was like, okay, it's going to happen finally. I'm going to eat at the King Burger. And uh, real talk, like you get it in a, a styrofoam container like it's the 60s. Oh, and nice. um, dude, styrofoam may be bad, but their food is fucking good. <laughs> Holy yeah. shit. All it's right. so choice. So and, uh, on this episode of uh, MK PodQuest Mythologies, Burger King... <laughs> So the only way you can find a King Burger is dox me. <laughs> Burger King. That is a challenge. Okay, here's this explains a lot of why I don't like Burger King. American multinational chain of hamburger fast food restaurants headquartered in Miami-Dade County, Florida. <laughs> Local. The company was founded in 1953 as Instaburger King. <laughs> what? A Jacksonville, Florida-based restaurant chain. After Instaburger King ran into financial difficulties in 1954, that would be a year after it opened, its two Miami-based franchisees purchased the company and renamed it Burger King. <laughs> so, yeah, because Instaburger King's fucking terrible. That's a bad name for a thing. That's a real bad name for a thing. God, It's let's... like we got to capitalize on the popularity of Polaroid cameras by giving people instant burgers. <laughs> dweebs. Yeah, fucking dweebs. Fucking narcs. I don't know dorks gamers let's go where was i uh i actually don't know so our so our pal quan chi in the tv show pretty accurate to his video game uh depictions and as i said earlier the first game that he uh premiered in was mortal Kombat mythologies sub-zero and then he was the primary 
slash second. I mean, he was the primary antagonist, really, for Mortal Kombat 4. He was heavily involved in the plot of Mortal Kombat 5, Deadly Alliance, where he did, in fact, team up with Shang Tsung, much like he did in Unholy Alliance. But unlike Unholy Alliance, they actually got some shit done in Deadly Alliance by, uh, you know, resurrecting the Dragon King Onaga, for instance. Uh-oh. But Quan Chi's actual debut was in the 1996 Mortal Kombat Defenders of the Realm cartoon series, specifically Episode 8, The Secret of Quan Chi, which aired November 9th, 1996. Mythologies released in October 1997. It had a 14-month development cycle. So I guess we can say they started development, what, August, July, August 1996, and Quan Chi was a major player in that game. And uh, it's pretty interesting to me that his debut was in the cartoon series. Yeah, it's cool. He was created by John Tobias. And I did I did find a quote from John Tobias that I'm going to read now. He quoted this to Mortal Kombat Online in 2012. He said, Quan Chi was meant to fill a void vacated by Shang Tsung as the main sorcerer of the series. And so <laughs> I think he worked initially because he had that purpose in relation to the other characters in the story. But he was also a visual departure as well. I think I was listening to a lot of Nine Inch Nails when I drew him. <laughs> we all saw Quan Chi as a great character to cross-promote between media. Which, uh, absolutely, dude looks rad as hell, right? Yeah, and as we've realized, he looks great in the meat space as well. <laughs> so, so even though I said earlier that he was created for uh, Mortal Kombat Defenders of the Realm, it's not entirely accurate, but he was certainly created with this idea in mind of being able to, like you know, cross-promote, as he says here, between different media, to the point that in the 1997 uh, live-action movie, uh, Mortal Kombat Annihilation, there was a scene that apparently was actually filmed that involved Quan Chi. Okay. Yeah, so it's the footage was filmed, and from what I understand, they just didn't have time to get it into the final print, but it was one, like, really small scene. It was right before the, like, climactic end battle at the pyramid between Liu Kang and Shao Kahn and all the other, you know, Sonya and Jax fighting Motaro and Huzi Wutsis. Shinnok has a scene where he is talking to Quan Chi and he is saying something along the lines of everything is going according to plan, right? And Quan Chi just sort of like nods in agreement. And there is a still image, a picture of this scene, which we're going to post on the Twitter, that was uh, printed in Sci-Fi Entertainment Magazine, Back in 1997. So there was supposed to be some more live action Quan Chi right around that same time of the 96-97 area or era. Shang Tsung's area. Frankly, we've been robbed. Yeah. And the footage footage exists, but as far as I can find, it has never been released. And that leads into these ideas that when they were trying to get a third live action Mortal Kombat movie made, you know, before like Annihilation was like a huge flop. They were trying to get a third movie made and there's been a bunch of like things circulating that it was going to be like heavily featuring Quan Chi, potentially featuring the return of Shang Tsung and Quan Chi teaming up together. Uh, Just like whole hog Quan Chi shit. And we never really got that. And I can't really find any of like, apparently there's been like script treatments and outlines and like entire scripts circulating and released that people know about i can't find any of those so i'm gonna say if anybody out there has access to any of that shit at at mk podcast on twitter hit us up <laughs> mk podcast at gmail.com mk podcast at gmail.com uh don't uh sign us up for spam 
Or do, whatever. I don't care. As long as you're giving me that sweet Mortal Kombat insider info. That's uh, all we want. You can sign me up for as many spam lists as you want. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I Including think Burger Kings. Oh, God. I, I guess. Yeah, allegedly there was a screenplay circulating that um, involved a, a team up between Quan Chi and Shang Tsung. What's curious about that is I wonder if that script did in fact exist and got somehow kind of retweaked or repurposed into the Unholy Alliance episode that we just saw, which is, uh, again, a Shang Tsung, Quan Chi team-up episode. But uh, that's all speculation on my part. Right. Anyway, there's one last little thing I want to touch on here, which is um, in mythologies, when Bihan is, you know, banging around in the nether realm, he runs into this trio of assassins, of lady assassins that Quan Chi employs named Serena, Kia, and Jataka. And Serena is actually a playable character in, I want to say, Deadly Alliance and Armageddon. I think that's right. That sounds about right, like to- like uh, time-wise. Yeah, and she makes a cameo appearance in Nine in the background, apparently, of the pit stage sometimes. <laughs> Only sometimes. Other times she's working her shift at a Burger King. Sorry, I had to do it. <laughs> God, definitely. A what if I started? What if I started saying Kerber Bing? Does that do anything for you, There's, or is that still bad? Still bad. There's definitely a Burger King in the Nether Realm. I'm sure. And it's there's a Burger King in the Chaos Realm. That's all they have there. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's all it's all Kerber Bings in the Chaos Realm. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's Kerber Bings and just regular Arby's. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> You tell me which one's worse. Shout out to Arby's. Do you follow that Twitter account, Nihilist Arby's? Oh, yeah. It's so good. <laughs> I feel like that's been inact. Has that been inactive lately, or am I just missing out? There was something. I, I It popped back up on my feed a while ago, but uh, I, I haven't seen it in a while either. I think. Eat Arby's. Yeah. <laughs> Consume Arby's. Anyway. Anyway. So, yeah. So, we've got Serena Kia. Kia Soul. There it is. That's why she was selling the cars. And Jataka. It all ties together. We got him. <laughs> Put up the mission accomplished banner on the big battleship. Quan Chi's like, more Kia soul for daddy. <laughs> and he, <laughs> oh, boy. So Serena, Kia, and Jataka are, <laughs> are uh, Quan Chi's assassins in the game universe. Actually, yeah, they do pop up in Armageddon. There's a fight in the conquest mode where you, where you fight all three of them. I think that's the only time... Um, you really get to interact with Kia and Jataka in the games because all the focus gets put on Serena, and rightly so, because she's the one who sort of turns her back on character. Quan Chi's evilness and helps Kwai Liang, a.k.a. Sub-Zero 2, who I've also heard his name pronounces Kwai Liang, but you know we're not going to get into that. I think that was another legacy thing. What the fuck was I? I'm getting myself distracted. <laughs> no, I think I'm distracting you. So this he just quietly agrees. Yeah, it is your fault. Yeah, probably it probably largely is. Um, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> so, uh, Serena Kia and Jataka are Quan Chi's assassins in mythologies and in the video game universe. And of course, in Conquest, we just got to spend some time with our new friends, Cian, Mika, and Sora. Yes, and it's the exact same roles, the exact same characters. We've even got Sora, who kind of has like this. She kind of a little bit turns traitor and lets Raiden know what's going on, you know? So she's a little right. she, she's got a little bit of Serena in her, even though on the Wikipedias and stuff, Serena gets compared compared more to Cian. But that's the the weird thing is that the Wikipedias and the Mortal Kombat, all the various Pedias instead of Wikis. Wikis. Wackies. All the various wikis kind of like 
say Serena, Kia, and Jataka. Uh, it's pronounced Waikai. Okay. Appear. Okay. I'm going to let you finish now. Serena, Kia, and Jataka appear in Mortal Kombat Conquest, but are renamed Sora, Mika, Incian, etc., etc. They treat them as if they're the same characters, even though their names are different and their looks are different and their personalities are different. It's clearly different characters. And from a storyline perspective, <laughs> you can make it make sense because Conquest is taking place 500 years before the first Mortal Kombat tournament. So even if we translate that over to the game universe, it would still be 500 years before the first Mortal Kombat game. So it'd be it's completely understandable that maybe in that 500 years, he cycled through a lot of his revived soul assassins. You yeah, know? probably. And I mean, he probably just gets like bored with some of them and is like, yeah, I'm going to do a new one. Yeah. So he doesn't need to, they don't need to be the same characters, but there is a big part of me that is just really curious because this is the second time we've run into something like this, possibly more. And there's going to be at least one more time we're going to run into something like this, I think, where we're getting a character in the Mortal Kombat Conquest TV show that is analogous to a video game character. It happened with Kali who is like clearly somewhere between your Jade and your Tanya. And Tanya was around by then because Mortal Kombat 4 had come out right at that same time, or it was certainly in production, but we didn't get Tanya. We got Kali, right? And now yes. we don't get Kia, Jataka, Serena. We get Mika, Sien, and Sora. We get Kingdom Hearts. With the uh, Master of the Keyblade. And I'm just <laughs> really wondering what the reason is that we're getting these, these analogs instead of the game characters. I kind of feel like... They wanted to separate it further, maybe, because it's, like, set in a different time, and it operates a bit differently. Right. Like, because our main trio is also mostly new, so I feel like it's probably something as simple as, like, we want that dynamic in there, it's established, it's easy, Quan Chi, or Quan Chi is known for having these things, <laughs> um, this, this structure, rather, where he's got these people that work for him, let's do that, but... There would be a lot of, like, maybe weight, unnecessary weight to carry if it were the established peoples. They're like, yeah, we'll just make new ones. Right. That's probably the boring, pragmatic answer, but... Sure. But then at the same time, the show is the most interesting when they're giving us familiar video game faces. Right. But maybe I'm wondering if it's maybe just too many things to juggle when there's, like, that many... (laughs) Maybe, but but we're juggling it anyway, right? Like, would it really have been that different if... It wouldn't have been that much more to to juggle if it had been Tanya instead of Kali, right? Right. I agree. Or or I, I wouldn't have liked it if they had if they had done Jade dirty like that. They already did her dirty in Annihilation. But like it could have been Tanya and it would have been the same story. It would have just been somebody that, you know, video game fans would recognize, right? And this could have been Serena Kia Jataka and it would have just been characters that the video game fans recognize. I kinda wonder if they were trying to get away from just the awful critical reception of mythologies and they were like, uh, let's rename them. <laughs> So that people it could be think. it could be that simple yeah who knows honestly <laughs> but if anybody out there knows what's up like maybe they weren't like these characters were created after the licensing deals were signed or something like that or if because they were played by live action you know by actors in mythologies they couldn't use them because they couldn't get the same actors or they didn't want to so they made them different characters i don't know i just want to understand you know even if it's just something as boring as well it was a it was a licensing issue like cool i just want to know that i don't know it's the same reason that Ciro and taja don't show up in the movies it's because they're too expensive more likely because they're dead well you can't rule that out but, it would have been but s- what if we go back and watch it and you can see like their souls escaping from shang Tsung or something when he's getting his ass kicked at the end <laughs> that would be pretty sick that would be they should go back and like pull a star wars they should have made it really obvious in the way that like uh 
you see that live action Scooby Doo movie with the lost souls and it's just floating heads of the people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. very recognizable. That I yeah. want that. One hundred percent. Larry Larry Kazanoff. MK MKPodQuest at gmail dot com. We got some ideas for the, uh, <laughs> the special editions of the Mortal Kombat movies. And we've got all the time in the world. Anyway. Anyway. I think that's kind of it. I guess. <laughs> I guess real quick, we should just say, yeah, we met Kali in, uh, as an Edenian who ends up betraying uh, Princess Katana and the realm and swearing allegiance to Shao Kahn. And that's Tanya from the video games. There's another uh, little bit of trivia for you. <laughs> there it is. Just sneak that in there. Yeah, whatever. Who cares? Who cares? We'll see Kali again. I think I told you that already. Kali's coming back, baby. She's teaming up with Mika. This time with Hulk hands. <laughs> it's the one thing they added. They're like, we got to make this back really, we got to make this really thrilling and exciting. What can we do? And the actor just like punched their hands together and was like, let's do it. <laughs> I don't know how successful of an episode this was, but we did it. If people didn't learn more about Mortal Kombat itself, what they did learn more about was the lore of the podcast. Mythology. And Kia Souls and Burger King and zunes and all sorts of other dalliances that we really needed to address and if they weren't listening for those parts they probably learned how to pronounce bihan's name a new way there you go our old buddy bihan uh i think that's gonna wrap it up what's the next episode of the show so the next episode of the show is episode 11 thicker than blood Ciro has an unhappy reunion when he encounters his brother working as a warrior for Scorpion. Right. I do think we did say that at the end of the last episode, and I forgot. We did, but it doesn't hurt to remind them, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So that's what's coming up. Yep. It's the one with um, Ava Mendez. Right. Which I told Casey about, and it, his brain melted clean out of his ears. <laughs> Interesting. So I'm watching, I just watched Urban Legend. Is she in that? No, but I'm just okay. I just I just started Urban Legends Final Cut and she is in that. Oh, well there you go. Yeah, we'll touch on this again uh next week, but she was also on an episode of VIP, which we will touch on at length. God damn it, a lot of crossover. Okay. Uh but for now, Corey, I suppose we should I need a segue to get out of here. I suppose, Corey, I'm sick of this being in this Burger King and it's time for us to get out of here. <laughs> time to get an Arkea soul with Quanchi and escape the Kerber Bing. Do you want to test your might tonight? I think that I might. Kung Lao is here to join the fight. That's pretty tight with good friends Taja and Ciro. Facing foes like Scorpion and Sub Zero, but not the ones you like. We got Shang Tsung, Four Packs, Genevieve, Baby Dad. Got Reptile, Quan Chi, Noob Cyber, Rapey Dad. Do you wanna test your might tonight? I think that you might. Curry and Neil are in the fight. Wait, did I read this right? 
Watching every episode of Conquest Corey likes F1 Neil has a Genesis Um, okay Do you wanna test your might tonight? I think you just might Corey Neil not being impolite But hey you are right. Please tell me. Tell me you're all right. Worried about you, boys. Seriously. Do we have to go to Australia? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> that was a. Uh... That was only my second time hearing it. <laughs> it's extremely. It's still extremely good. It's so good. <laughs> I didn't pick up that he was increasingly getting confused just about us and what we were doing <laughs> like why anybody would do this i didn't catch like the did i read that right it was like why are two people deciding to do this thank you dom dominic a friend from uh the internet thank you so much for doing that yeah incredible what a what a what an unfortunate waste of your time but we really appreciate it yes writing a song about <laughs> writing a song about this massive waste of our own time <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's really good we love it um uh, also really big fan of fighting scorpion and sub-zero but not the ones you like i know <laughs> <laughs> wow i think we made it this is how you know you've made it right when someone writes a song i think so of, about your podcast I think it's when you start getting songs and voicemails from yes. the other side of the globe. I think is when it happens. Kind of unreal. So uh, I want to put out a call for submissions on the show for our wrap up. Yes. And yeah. by that, we mean that everybody has to wrap their final thoughts yes. on the podcast or this show. And we are doing a wrap up RAP episode. <laughs> That's not currently true, but it might be. So if enough people do that, sure. But... I think more what we mean is um, anybody who's been following along, watching along, or is catching up uh, in time for the finale, which is still a couple weeks away, yeah. so it's not like a total mad dash, we would love to hear from you about yeah. what you thought about the show, or I guess our show, or just whatever. More specifically, I want to I hear about people's experience with Mortal Kombat Conquest. Okay. I mean- I didn't know. We didn't discuss this before right now. If you've got- If you've- if listeners out there have a like just verbal hate mail you want to send us i guess you can do that we have not done anything objectionable enough for somebody to bother sending us verbal hate mail yeah we've, we've got two more episodes of conquest to cover before we uh say goodbye to the greatest television show ever made and move on to the rest of the mortal Kombat series the greatest movies ever made and the greatest cartoon show ever made and potentially more <laughs> So, yes, we want to hear opinions on Mortal Kombat Conquest and things that listeners may be looking forward to uh, for the rest of the things we're going to cover on the show for either live action movie or Defenders of the Realm or, uh, I don't know, general Mortal Kombat shit overall. I'd, I'd be especially curious to hear anybody who saw that this show was happening was like, sure, I'll watch this show for the first time because as somebody who's doing that, it's a weird choice to make just sort of on a whim right. in 2021 so bless them for that <laughs> uh but also anybody who's maybe revisiting it after like 20 years that's probably weird dominic we're looking at you paul we're looking <laughs> at you uh jeff we're looking at you brandon 
we're looking at you. Jason, we're looking at you. We're talking directly at you. Carissa, who I don't think is watching the show, but is listening to the podcast. I'm looking at you. Yeah, what is your sense of what this show is based purely on how we've described it? Send us, uh, go to our Anchor page, anchor.fm slash mkpodquest, and send us a voice memo on there, or just, you know, record it into your phone and email it to mkpodquest at gmail.com. Got about uh, two weeks, about two weeks. Uh, but for today, we are going to do a uh, one of our classic, well-received mythologies episodes, the last one for Mortal Kombat Conquest, where we are going to... We're going to talk about mostly the three R's. Those being Reiko, Rain, and... Melina. Right. Yeah. The three R's. And the three R's and Reptile. Is that funny? We'll see. I'm going to level with you, Neil. I fully forgot we were talking about Reptile. I thought the bit was that Melina was the third R. Actually, Reptile's probably the guy we're going to talk about the most. <laughs> Do you want to start with him? Yeah, we're going to start with him. We're going to start with Reptile. All right, so we first thought we met Reptile back in the episode Twisted Truths with uh, Brian Rath Clark and Tomas, handsome chin man. It's been a while. That was what? episode? Fuck. You think I would know? Oh, Jesus. 11? No, 11 12? was eleven was thicker than blood. I believe it was 12. Shadow of the Doubt was 12. This was 13. I was close. So it was, it was around 13 in any case. And we see a Reptile man. Uh, hiding out in Zhuzhen, killing bar maidens, and eventually trying to kill Kung Lao and then killing Tomas instead and turning invisible and scurrying away. And we're like, oh shit, reptile's here, right? Right. But no, reptile wasn't here. A reptile is here. A reptile was here. That's that classic graffiti that you see spray painted behind all the like targets in your town. <laughs> a reptile was here. And it's like W-U-Z. Yeah. Oh, did I out myself as not being near a target because I said Z? <laughs> we don't have Target anymore. You don't have Target anymore? Nah, uh, Target's rollout in Canada was so historically fucking terrible that it thundered in, like, borderline immediately. Okay, so we're going to amend this mythologies, and I need to hear more about this, because I thought Target was just an unstoppable juggernaut. Look, I don't have all the information. I'm not some kind of business expert, but my understanding of it is that um, a more local chain called Zellers had all of their stores closed over a period of like 10 years or something. Wowzers. And a couple of years ago, the last one closed, but there was there was a lot of empty resale space and there was like a gap in the market for a Walmart competing store. Uh, Target attempted to fill that void. Um, and I don't know why it went so badly, but it went really, really badly. Wow. Um, I think part of it was like supply issues. Uh, maybe they attempted to do it too quickly. I would have to do like research to give you the actual answer. All right. But all I know is that um, there were targets in Canada long enough that I probably went into a target like, I don't know, like three times or something. Jeez. <laughs> and if you, uh, in other parts of the, uh, hey, Hungary, if you have targets over there, send in a voice message. And let or the us local know. equivalent of a target. <laughs> All right. If you don't tell us, we're bullying Carlos. Damn it, Carlos. You fucking, you narc. I've seen the metrics. I like that we're just not actually informing anyone <laughs> about what that's about. <laughs> No, we don't need to. Yeah. It's the lore. Yeah. Mythology. All right. So we thought we had met Reptile in the show, but it turns out we had just met a Reptile. And then in the episode uh, In Cold Blood, we finally meet just all the Reptiles. Well, we go to Zatera. We go to Zatera. 
and we see that Zatera is still a realm that exists on its own. We've heard it spoken about before, right? But uh, now we see it, and we see all the little lizard men running around, and we see the uh, Council of Reptiles, just a big, big gang of dudes, and they're all dressed the same, and they all have the same powers and the same outfit. We can't put a fine enough note on that. Yeah. They're all dressed exactly the same there's a hundred of them presumably in the green ninja outfit yes the only identifying factor is the finish of the green some are glossy and some are matte yeah and and that's basically it and the man in charge the alpha reptile is named reptile he's got a shiny suit and the rest of them have just a matte finish which like honestly the matte finish I think is a better look. Certainly a little more stealthy. I guess it's not a factor when you can turn invisible, but it's not. Uh, also, when they're invisible, they appear to have to be in translucent reptile form. Yeah, they got to be in lizard shape, and that lizard shape evolves over the course of the show. It does. It also doesn't resemble the lizard sh- the lizard shape that we see the reptile man from the Mortal Kombat movie in. But uh, no, you know any Mortal Kombat movie. <laughs> Oh, and we also learned that everybody's favorite Mortal Kombat characters, Kiri and Anka, were actually reptile people all along, hiding out on Earth as uh, hot women. Yeah, um, this show has a weird problem in that it can't help itself from being like, well, we have a character who needs to go to Earthrealm. How do we get them there? They don't look like they're from Earthrealm. They might be a resurrected, decaying demon or maybe a reptile person. Oh, I know. We'll just put them in a hot body. And it's like, guys, guys, you couldn't think of any other way to maybe do this? It's a whole genre of television in this era is uh, just hot people in leather. So, you know. It's hot leather people and like every... I'm sure we would have gotten eight or nine more body swap episodes had this show continued happening. Because it was just what happened back then. Yeah. Yes. It's like when your grandpa is sitting at the dinner table at like a family gathering and he says something kind of racist and you're just like, ah, <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll never fix him. Yeah. He's just like this. Yeah. Uh, Don't worry. <laughs> all television was just like this. Yeah. He'll be dead soon and the show will be canceled soon <laughs> and we'll move on. Oh, man. I hate that our racist grandpa got canceled. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because, because they were too... <laughs> too many body swap episodes (laughs) yeah all right this this is so stupid okay let's uh get back on track here anyway so the tldr version is in mortal kombat conquest there's thousands of reptile men thousands of zaterans and in the uh, game universe this has honestly just never ever been the case right so we're gonna dip in a little bit to the origin of reptile in the mortal kombat games classic era reptile was a hidden character in Mortal Kombat 1 that was literally designed by taking Scorpion and Sub-Zero, mashing them into one character that had the uh, moveset of both, and combining the yellow and the blue into green, and then naming the character Reptile because he was green. It's real kindergarten-level creativity here, but it works. 
Yeah, and uh, honestly, it was kind of rad because there's this hidden fight <laughs> that you have to like get a double flawless victory on the pit stage if the witch flies in front of the moon, and then if you get that double flawless victory, you then fight Reptile at the bottom of the pit stage, which is really cool. Then in Mortal Kombat 2, they put him in as a playable character, gave him his own moveset so he wasn't just throwing spears and shit, and uh, built on the idea of him being an actual Reptile Man, right? So, Game Reptile... His real name is Sizoth. And okay. I definitely forgot that. Yeah. <laughs> Sizoth. Fucking dork. His entire <laughs> fucking dork. Jesus. His entire thing in the games is that he's just like the last of his kind or the last male of his kind of the the uh, Saurians. There could not be fewer Saurians compared to Mortal Kombat Conquest. Yeah, and he is trying to find like the last remaining uh, female member of his race. And also moping. And, you know, the other thing that was like wild about Conquest is while the Zatarians, the Zatarians started out loyal to Shao Kahn, they are convinced to betray him and join up with Kriya. Game Reptile would never do that. Game Reptile is just like absolutely loyal to Shao Kahn and Shang Tsung. And then once they're out of the picture, he just pledges allegiance to uh, Kotal Kahn. <laughs> Game Reptile loves having a boss. Yeah, he loves it. He can't, he cannot, he, he needs it. He can't survive without a boss because he's just a, a, a dumb lizard man who is just like slowly becoming like more and more of a primal lizard person. Right. Interesting, uh, some some interesting spins on Reptile. In the Malibu comic series, you see him as being, again, just hardcore, loyal to Shao Kahn, and uh, just considered an outworlder, right? But the Zatarans, the Saurians, are actually descended from the dinosaurs in the game series and originate from Earthrealm as an evolution of the dinosaur people. Right. As the well, I guess they are the dinosaur people as, as an evolution of the dinosaur. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. You could not I mean it's like they basically took the the video game concept of reptile and just like okay, we're going to it's going to look like him but everything is going to be different. This is a it's a superficial relation. It is. One of the one of the big changes was in Conquest they made Zatera an independent realm that was allied with Shao Kahn. Worth noting, I think for unclear reasons, Zatera has not been merged with Outworld. Yeah, it really is unclear. I, I think the implication is that he was going to like use it as an outpost for future invasions. Yeah, or maybe that like Reptile, by which I mean the leader of Zatera in Mortal Kombat Conquest, Reptile. Yeah. Uh, like cut a deal or something. Which maybe would make the the betrayal a bit more significant. I, I really yeah. don't know. So it's not definitive. There is one little tidbit in the first Katana episode, The Essence, where she mentions that she's able to travel from Outworld to Earthrealm through Zatera. So it could be existing literally just to be like a toll booth for his right. for his invasion or to send spies in or whatever into Earthrealm. That's probably it. That's an option he doesn't have in the video game universe because he just crushed Zatera and there there just isn't one anymore. Killed all the people except for Reptile and potentially one other, maybe two other Zatarans, or I'm going to keep calling them that. They're Saurians. Just say, yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. One to two other Saurians who show up in a like a super limited capacity, basically in two games each, right? And those characters are Chameleon and Chameleon. <laughs> 
Now, did you hear, listener, did you did you listen real closely? You can hear the different spelling when you say the word chameleon. So the one that it seems is like openly embraced as being a, a lady Saurian is chameleon with a K. And it's really interesting to me that that she's the one who seems to have been adapted adopted into canon because Chameleon with a K only appears in the Nintendo 64 version of Mortal Kombat Trilogy and the Nintendo Wii version of Mortal Kombat Armageddon. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> basically, yeah, basically what she started out as was a palette swap of all of the lady ninjas like, you know, Katana Jade and Melina in Mortal Kombat Trilogy just as like an extra character, a hidden character. And uh, she got some storyline stuff in Armageddon, apparently. I'm not going to go into all of that. That's not our show. Right. There's a whole other show for that. You can find it. But she is referenced as <laughs> as the last surviving Saurian lady, you know, versus Chameleon with a C, the character who started out as a palette swap of all of the male ninjas. And he showed up in the, let's see here, the Sega Saturn, Sony PlayStation, and PC versions of Mortal Kombat Trilogy, and the PlayStation 2 and Xbox versions of Mortal Kombat Armageddon. So he's technically had more game appearances appeared on more platforms certainly but for some reason there's doubt as to whether he is actually a saurian or not i guess um the doubt would come from whether or not he is like the name is a play on who that character is or what that character does right because he could be like a shang shung ugh, christ a shang sung shapeshifter scenario right say that five times fast he could just <laughs> he could just be body swapping all over the place yeah, it's a real body swap episode yeah. anytime Chameleon shows up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Chameleon shows up at a party, and you're just like, oh, fuck, here we go again. Because every time you come around a corner, different guy. Yeah, dude's a chameleon, right? Abraham Lincoln is here now at your party. Pretty cool, right? Oh, no, now he's John Wilkes Booth, and he's shooting at himself. <laughs> Sometimes he's just leaning up against the wall, blending in with the wallpaper. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> anyway. Uh, fuck that, chameleon. That's pretty much it for Reptile. I just think it's insane that they were like, uh, uh, hey, uh, um, there's only one of this guy. Fuck that. There's a thousand of this guy now. Sounds like this show has a reptile dysfunction. <laughs> and what if they were all a completely... In, in, uh, indistinguishable uh, yes thank so you. so that raises some questions and, and some stuff that we need to keep an eye on in future uh episodes where we are going to see reptile men show up we so canonically mortal Kombat conquest is the earliest uh point in the storyline of this this media universe we're exploring but the first appearance of reptile in this media universe the threshold entertainment universe or whatever you want to call it the the, the Lawrence verse was in the live action Mortal Kombat movie. Our friend Paul talked about that a little bit last week, how that uh, reptile fight scene was sort of added in or reshot because they needed more action and it's the best part of the movie. And in that movie, you hear the announcer just say reptile, right? And I got to say, thank God for that. Otherwise, I don't know if we would have gotten the... Uh, all-time classic song reptile by skrillex <laughs> if we really weren't putting that sound bite into the zeitgeist 
that song's whole deal is a bunch of dubstep happens, but also you hear the word reptile. That was maybe the worst way I could have done that voice. I can definitely do it better, but I'm reptile. not going to Reptile. How was that? Good. Better. So we see Reptile in that movie, and he uh, he's stalking around, keeping an eye on Liu Kang throughout the movie, and then gets kicked into a statue, turns humanoid with the statue, fights Liu Kang, gets beat up, and gets stomped on to death at the end of that fight. So after the yes. first movie, we get the Mortal Kombat Defenders of the Realm cartoon series, which spun off of, of the movie. It's kind of like an alternate sequel versus Annihilation. And there is an episode in that where a whole bunch of reptile dudes show up. None of them are called reptile. And I think that they even in that episode acknowledge the fact that reptile proper was killed uh, in the first Mortal Kombat movie. Capital R yeah, so reptile. none of these guys are referred to as reptile, but there is a leader to this to this tribe of reptile men, and his name is Komodai. So Defenders okay. of the Realm was the first thing that established the idea in this universe that there's a whole bunch of these uh, Zaterans running around. And then we see that again in Mortal Kombat Annihilation when we've got the three raptors, as they're credited as, uh, scurrying around and fighting Raiden. So the cartoon series is the reason why in this universe, in this media franchise... There's just a whole bunch of fucking reptile dudes running around. I just think it's interesting. It's like it's like that picture of Marge Simpson with the potato, with just I just think yeah. they're neat, but it's you holding a bunch of one hundred percent. That's exactly how I feel. Somebody, please! Oh my god, <laughs> Photoshop that. <laughs> if nobody else does, I will. Honestly, <laughs> I love reptile. I love a lizard man. So I'm just like. I'm here for it. They want to throw a thousand lizard men at us over the course of this. Like whether it's <laughs> at a certain point, it would be tight if they distinguished some of them in a meaningful capacity. It would be. But... but I do think that that uh, defenders of the realm thing is interesting because, you know, maybe the guy we saw in the first Mortal Kombat movie was just a reptile man. And the true leader of the Zaterans, Komodai, who we see in defenders of the realm was shiny reptile man from Mortal Kombat conquest. Or potentially, too confrontational that that opening was too confrontational but a i think yes that that argument could be made to yeah. your point and um i guess there's also an outside chance that uh maybe if reptile who i'm just gonna call reptile for the sake of ease had struck a deal with shao Kahn, and that's why we see zatera just like doing whatever yeah. in the show maybe it just had not been conquered yet but by the time we get to later yeah it has that's an entirely plausible 100%. solution. I think we're going to get some answers to this as we work our way through the rest of the series. So we're going to keep an eye on Reptile and the Reptile Men. Stay right. tuned. Speaking of characters that are going to pop up again, let's talk a little bit about Rain. There's very, very little to say about this. He's here. Rain shows up in Shadow of a Doubt, the Molina episode. Uh, basically just shows up to fuck up Kung Lao's leg and then fight with Ciro. <laughs> Get confronted by Kitana and run off. And Kitana mentions that she knows Rain. He's an Adenian. I mean, that, that lines up exactly with how he was presented in the games. He's an Adenian prince who betrayed Adenia and sided with Shao Kahn, yada, yada, yada. What I think is interesting about Rain is that he was a fake character. When, um, when they were making Mortal Kombat 3, they put Rain <laughs> in the attract mode of the game, but did not put him in the game on purpose. He was created as a red herring to get people to, like throw a bunch of money at Mortal Kombat 3 trying to find the hidden character. And he just wasn't in the game at all. A real Chekhov's gun. If you establish a new character in the in the attract mode of your game, you have to have it go off in a secret fight. Yeah. Rain was a prank. 
He was a prank. And in Conquest, he may as well also be a prank because he just sort of shows up and leaves. The prank is like a really aggro episode of Punked where the solution is <laughs> getting your leg broken. <laughs> yeah. It, it, this is like if Ashton Kutcher broke into your house and then broke your leg and then jumped out of your window and left. Yes, much much like as it played out in Mortal Kombat Conquest, he figuratively broke the legs of all the kids pumping quarters into Mortal Kombat 3 trying to find him, and then he just disappeared. So they did finally stick him in the game in the uh, home console versions of Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3 and then in Mortal Kombat Trilogy. Rain was in there. He was playable. His influence is obvious. He's... In Adenian Prince, his name is Rain, and he wears purple. It's a reference to Princess Purple Rain. And people largely hated him at the time. I think they were I, salty about... Get, the bit's kind of dumb, too, right? It's a very, yeah. like, you know, Mortal Kombat, or Midway, I guess, is who this is directed at. Yeah. You can only do the same joke so many times. You really... But uh, they're not done uh, pulling nope. pulling bits on us, as we'll find out in a in a little bit. The one thing I want to mention about Rain is that he does pop up in Mortal Kombat Annihilation, and he will show up in Defenders of the Realm also, right? So Rain is a guy that we need to keep an eye out for moving forward. Somebody who I'm willing to guess is not somebody we have to keep an eye on going forward is Reiko. Somebody who we also don't need to keep an eye on moving forward and is also a prank. fucking pieces of shit you can't keep doing this you simply can't it's unsustainable yeah so uh we all know reiko everybody's favorite mortal Kombat character uh, middle manager from his appearances in two episodes of conquest as basically middle manager of outworld right potentially his best appearance in mortal Kombat canon honestly i mean yeah i like reiko he's a dweeb yeah but i like that he's around and he looks like that um he looks like a Used car salesman who's still really into Kiss. He's he's Outworld's Dwight Schrute. He lacks the uh, unself-aware zaniness of a Dwight Schrute. Sure. He's got all, all of his, like, social... He can read social cues. I think he's just a dork. I mean, he can read them in Conquest. I'm not sure he can read them outside of that. <laughs> uh, so, Reiko in the games debuted in Mortal Kombat 4. Uh, he wasn't in the first version of that game that went out to arcades, but he was in the updated version. Not not gold, but just like the revision to the arcade model. Because uh, he was originally a Noob Saibot in the game, but they wanted to pull Noob Saibot out for two reasons. The first being, apparently people were complaining that on certain stages, Noob Saibot was very hard to see against the dark backgrounds, which makes sense. <laughs> oh, I know, we'll make him red. And the other reason was because they felt like there were just too many ninjas in Mortal Kombat 4. They were like, all right, we got a smaller roster. About half these characters are ninjas. Let's get rid of one of them, right? <laughs> Mortal Kombat 4, oops, all ninjas. <laughs> so they uh, they pulled Noob Saibot out of the game. They took his uh, gi and they turned it from the apron from black to this maroon color. They slapped a uh, Brotherhood of Shadows logo on the back to show that he's a bad guy siding with Shinnok, and they just swapped the head out for Reiko's head. And an interesting uh, little bit of trivia. So in Mortal Kombat 4, to kind of reference their um, motion capture, I mean, they still did motion capture for a lot of the animation, I believe, but instead of having like the photorealism since they were doing CGI models, 
they did try to do face models that referenced people at uh people at Midway, like the guy who did Quan Chi, who played Quan Chi in mythologies, like they modeled Quan Chi's face in Mortal Kombat 4 after that guy. And they modeled Reiko's face after Ed Boon. So Mortal Kombat 4 Reiko is Ed Boon. Is that an honor, do you think? Uh, like, I, does Ed Boon think like, fuck yeah, I am Reiko tight? I think Ed Boon was the one who was like, sure, I'll be Reiko. Like, I honestly think it's more that. Sure. Somebody like, had to be Reiko. Yeah, all right. Somebody's got to be Reiko. It might as well be me, the boss. I'm actually, I'm almost picturing, like, everybody at Midway was like, oh, shit, we're having the Reiko meeting. Yeah. And everybody, like, goes into this conference room. There's, like, a whiteboard or whatever. It just says Reiko on it in big letters. And there's a bunch of question marks. And, like, who the fuck is Reiko? Yeah. What's his deal? <laughs> and then they had a big, they had a whole bunch of straws. And then everybody had to draw straws, and somebody was going to have to be Reiko. Ed Boon walks into the meeting, and he goes, okay, time to decide who's going to be the face model for Reiko. Then he turns around, and everybody else in the meeting has their finger on their nose in that classic, not it. (laughs) He turns around, and there's a mirror where the whiteboard should be, and he's like, oh, fuck, I'm Reiko. The room is empty. Everyone just left when he turned his back. (laughs) (laughs) Just, like, dives under tables and furniture so they can't be seen anymore. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah so reiko in mortal kombat 4 is modeled after ed boon also reiko kind of sucks right yeah it's a cop yeah there was a big controversy when he debuted based on his ending in mortal kombat 4 there's no uh speaking or anything in his ending his ending is just uh he steps through a portal and <laughs> on the other side of the portal he emerges in shao khan's throne room and shao khan's helmet is then like lowered onto his head right that's how they ended Reiko's story in Mortal Kombat 4. Yeah, he wants to be the boss. This led to a huge division among fans with a bunch of people claiming this must mean that Reiko is secretly Shao Kahn reincarnated and other people saying... <laughs> that's a that's a logic leap. <laughs> and some people saying there's no way that that's Shao Kahn. It's a new character. He's not as tall as Shao Kahn, etc. Right? But I can see the <laughs> hype. I can see the people... Thinking like, oh, look at that. At the end of the game, it's revealed that Reiko is actually Shao Kahn and he's returned. You know, you could buy that. Sure. But the controversy was so bad that uh, people were just arguing about it online like crazy. One of the one of the pieces of evidence people presented to say uh, Shao Kahn is not Reiko is using Mortal Kombat Conquest as evidence. Like, look, they're in this show, two separate people. Clearly, Reiko is not Shao Kahn, right? To which everyone just replied, That's Mortal Kombat Conquest. That Bullshit, that's Mortal Kombat Conquest. Mortal Kombat Conquest doesn't count. He put Shao Kahn's helmet on. That means he's actually Shao Kahn back from the dead. But finally Midway stepped in and they were like, you know what, we're going we're gonna to provide a definitive answer, a, a de- defin- definitive proof that Reiko is not Shao Kahn. And we're going to do this in Mortal Kombat Deception's Conquest mode. Which is really the long con to convince people to watch Mortal Kombat Conquest. Yes. That's why they put it in Conquest mode. Yes. So they, you hey, know? yeah, connecting. This cerebral shit. Connecting threads. Like, <laughs> we already showed you on the TV show, but y'all didn't want to listen. So, so now we're going to cerebro your, your ass. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a, a mission, a fetch quest you can do in Deception where as you're playing as Shujinko, the the protagonist of that game, you go to Shao Kahn, and Shao Kahn tells you to take a message to Reiko. And the message he's you're supposed to deliver to Reiko is a warning. He must win. Yes. So so for starters, they're saying Shao Kahn wants you to go deliver something to Reiko. Right. Boom. Two different characters. 
but we're going to rub it in a little bit more. The warning message that you're delivering to Reiko is that Shao Kahn has heard rumors that Reiko has been sneaking into his chamber to wear his helmet. <laughs> and he needs to fucking knock it off. <laughs> I love the idea that that uh, became so urgent an issue <laughs> yeah. that it, that couldn't just be addressed when Reiko came home or whatever. Yeah. Like, no. No, we're really, discussing it now. They really wanted you to 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 be the one to deliver the message, and uh, yeah, I think Reiko's response to that is like, "Oh yeah, sometimes I do like to sneak in there and put his helmet on, <laughs> or something like that." <laughs> <laughs> so fucking stupid, right? So that settles it. That settled the um, the controversy between that little mission and deception, and of course, Reiko being a playable character in Armageddon and Shao Kahn also being a playable character. You could settled law, two different characters. We all know it. We've all accepted it since then. I just think it's funny that there was a time when people were actually uh, confused and had this theory. And that was also kind of bolstered by an interview in 2012 that John Tobias did on uh, James Fink's on Blast show. That's not something I'm familiar with, but I did find this footnote in the wiki. Uh, John Tobias basically says uh, they did have early plans playing with the idea that there was somehow a way that Shao Kahn was reincarnated and after he died and would eventually again become Shao Kahn. And they were kind of playing with that idea with Reiko, but they never actually committed to it. And John Tobias left the series during the development of Mortal Kombat 4, so those plans were never really seen through but i can see where that idea you know kind of lines up with this this theory that reiko may have been shao khan in hiding but that's not the universe that we ever got right right so we'll never know for sure yeah so once again pranks on pranks over here in mortal Kombat games um people are not getting baited in the show they are getting pranked yeah you run into the woods and try to rescue somebody who's in a crisis pranked yes <laughs> <laughs> we we killed your boyfriend pranked big spiky log swings down and almost kills you Ooh, you just barely dodged that prank <laughs> man you almost got pranks you almost got pranked to death taja that's i love it i love it yeah i mean it you know thematically man geez mortal Kombat conquest really is pretty damn faithful to the spirit of mortal Kombat. what with all these pranks <laughs> yeah a series well known for its for its meta <laughs> its metatextual pranks did I use that right? Who cares? Let's continue. It was it was an it was right enough. All right. So speaking of John Tobias and Mortal Kombat Conquest, I do want to touch on this thread that uh, showed up on Twitter recently. I'm going to give the ads here. Uh, a guy named Dave Savage at Dave Savage 1982 tweeted at Real Cybot discussing just some lore about Mortal Kombat and uh, Shang Tsung in general and what his role is. Right. So John Tobias writes back with the thread, and I'm not going to read the whole thread. I think I will see if we can put a link to this in the show notes. The version of the thread that jumps out to me is that as he's talking about how Shang Tsung was originally an Earthrealm fighter representing Earthrealm in Mortal Kombat, but sort of born of two worlds, the one thing he says is that he maybe had one parent from Earthrealm and one parent from Outworld, so he's sort of torn between these two realms. He starts off as a good guy, but then gets seduced by... Uh, the power of being evil and sides without world and uh, becomes their champion until he loses to Kung Lao, in which case he, in John Tobias's early uh, storyline, disappears for several years and returns with Goro, Prince of the Shokan, as the new representative of Outworld and becomes the uh, sponsor of the tournament, right? He does say in this that um, 
All of that stuff isn't new info. In fact, the old MK Conquest TV series explored events after the Great Kung Lao's victory over Shang. In that show, Shang was dragged back to Outworld and imprisoned in the cobalt mines of Kuatan, where he plotted revenge. It's deep lore. And that right there... Y'all gotta catch up! We've been knowing this information! We're over here, hanging out with John Tobias, watching Mortal Kombat Conquest, bunch of dorks. Look at how right we've been this whole show. See? We're vindicated. This has been worth our time. Yeah. Honestly, yes. This does. This is... It's that deep lore, baby. It is. And I could go deeper. I could dig into the uh, Jeff Rovin novel showing Shang Tsung sort of developing the idea of the Mortal Kombat tournament. Shang Tsung, a demon from Outworld reborn on Earthrealm, takes generations for him to get his memories back and remember his uh, mission. But this... You know, that's kind of like wild and insane shit compared to what we got in Mortal Kombat Conquest, which does, <laughs> in fact, line up with the early canon for Shang Tsung in the Mortal Kombat games universe. I think we can absolutely consider that that Shang Tsung backstory, maybe that whole episode in general, to be official Mortal Kombat canon. Yeah, and I think beyond that, you know, I don't want to become too much the kind of person who... uh is really, really nitpicky about what is and isn't going to decide canon or lore or whatever. But I think it's pretty apparent, and this is sort of just helping our case, that, um, yeah, this show's canon as hell. It's setting up a lot of stuff that is, like, consistent enough that we can find a way to explain it. Yeah. <laughs> or there's stuff like this that's just pretty, pretty definitive. Right. Um, and it was again, yeah. it, it was it was early canon stuff, and obviously the storylines uh, evolved and changed as the games continued. And you've got timeline resets here and there. You got different people writing the stories. John Tobias leaves. You know the stories continue on without him. You know, and so we get we get some weird shit in Conquest, like our our weird ass noob Cybot and our weird ass uh, Scorpion origin stories, and all of those kinds of things. We like to call that the Scorpio origins. <laughs> But a lot of those things were being written for the show before they had really been explored in the storylines of the games. So The show was just too good, and then they retconned it all with the games. Sure, that's it. That's 100% what happened. So, I don't know. Consider it a a Chronica timeline reset where details had to change here and there, but certain things stay consistent, right? It's actually just for all of the real fans. There you go. Yes. Is this are we <laughs> is this our declaration? Are we declaring Mortal Kombat Conquest the definitive Mortal Kombat canon? Yes. Okay. Done. I'm not going to think twice about that. Yes. All right. Well, we're going to do that. There's one more thing we probably need to address, which is uh, how wildly different Melina is versus uh, how she is in the games. Uh, this is Melina with three E's. This is a short one. Honestly, we all know who Melina is in uh, the Mortal Kombat games universe, right? She is the the uh, mostly Kitana part Tarkatan clone of Kitana. Boy, that's a confusing way to say it. She is the clone. <laughs> she's a clone of Kitana combined with uh, Tarkatan blood to be loyal to Shao Kahn and vicious should Kitana have ever learned the actual origin of her uh, realm being destroyed and her parents being killed and suicided due to Shao Kahn. Should he ever need to replace Kitana, he's got Melina kind of hanging out in the wings, right? And in the games, Melina's got a... Uh, uh, a couple different storylines, right? There's there's the original canon storyline where she grew up with with Kitana as her sister, essentially, right? Where uh, 
where Katana and Melina kind of grew up as sisters. And we actually see them in in, uh, Shaolin Monks with Jade, the three of them. There's like a boss battle where you have to fight the three, the three of them. And then we've got like the timeline reset universe where uh, Katana didn't even know about Melina's existence and just sort of finds her in like Shao Kahn's like gross laboratory where she'd been grown and made. But, uh, oh, and then, you know, there's depictions of their origin in like Mortal Kombat Legends and there's a whole one shot comic book from the Malibu series, Mortal Kombat Katana and Melina that also tells the same story about uh, Shao Kahn conquering Adenia you know, adopting Kitana, you know, wiping her memory or uh, getting her while she was so young that he's able to raise her as his own and then making her a clone sister that would be even more loyal to him, etc. Versus what we see in Mortal Kombat Conquest where Melina was just like a, just some kind of wild uggo he found in the wastelands and he used magic to make her look like Kitana and then when she failed her mission to kill Kung Lao, he uh, just kind of turned her back to being half ugly and made her wear a mask on her face. Once again, this show shows its entire ass by having an entire character be based around the concept of, we don't think you're hot, so we're going to make you hot, but with a monkey's paw effect (laughs) attached to it. Why does this keep happening? I don't know. Also, it's... This is kind of fucking wild. I'm just realizing we have now we we actually had two body swap episodes, didn't we? On a uh, Mortal Kombat Conquest, we had Melina pretending to be Katana, and then we had uh, Quan Quanchi. Is and that what Mika. that was? Well, it was, I guess that is what that is. It's, it's the, a mistaken identity. Well, not mistaken. It was yeah. a it was a whole it was a lie. It was the <laughs> it same. It was not a mistake. I mean, it was the same as the 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 Quanchi and Mika. Um, thing where they're it's the same it's a i I don't know that i really want to get into the specifics of the body swap genre right now let's not we we simply do not have the resources or time yeah certainly just wanted to touch on melina a little bit for anyone who may not know we will be seeing her again yeah so does kung lao please cut that out Uh, please okay don't worry (laughs) and uh (laughs) so stupid (laughs) can i leave it in now i don't know reconvene I think be... when you hit this part of the edit message me and i'll decide because i think it'll be really funny if i say i'm gonna do it and then i don't <laughs> you're no. the editor pal all right <laughs> I mean, it's probably coming out all right but i think that that kind of wraps us up for this this uh mythologies episode the last one of the mortal Kombat conquest uh storyline uh i'm i, I kind of i don't know if we're going to see more of these in the future i bet there's going to be stuff that's going to come up here and there certainly if we do, in fact, decide to cover all of the Malibu comics, there is just nothing but uh, wild, wild changes in that. It's kind of nuts. Every episode almost becomes a mythologies at that point because everything is so yeah. significantly different that you know what we may have most to... of what the time you're spending is unpacking all the different shit. You know what we may have to do? Tell me. We're gonna we're gonna very quickly run out of uh, Neil Nook content. Hmm. So the Neil Nook will become a new a new thing. The Neil Nook may have to become a, a mythologies segment where I'm uh, talking about those things and also dipping into what ties back to Conquest and what changes from Conquest. So, yeah, we'll figure that out, though. Cool. Anyway, we will be back next week with the penultimate episode. The beginning of the end. Of Mortal Kombat Conquest, Stolen Lies. 
where Shao Kahn launches his most insidious attack ever on the Earth realm. Do you think they're going to use the song Tell Me Lies in the episode? And it's going to be canon that, like, some bard in Zhujin wrote it? Uh, yes, and that person in Zhujin is probably played by Suzanne Stokes, who is credited as Babe. <laughs> what? <laughs> There's somebody whose whole credit is Babe? In that episode of Mortal Kombat Conquest Stolen Lies, there is a woman who is credited as Babe. Is that a confidence booster, do you think? I mean, I if if we're thinking 90s babes, this is a 90s babe. What does that mean? Blonde, buxom, oh. etc. Do we maybe we don't need the descriptor in there. Yeah. I just didn't know what you meant. <laughs> I, I literally didn't know. I'm, <laughs> but good news for you, Corey. This is the episode where we get horny Raiden, I think. Oh, good. Horny. 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 You know what we needed more of? Horniness and Raiden. Together at last, it's like chocolate and peanut butter. Finally. God, he's finally fulfilling his gym coach vibe <laughs> by being gross. But for now, I think uh, we should get out of here. Much like Noob Saibot, we should be removed from Mortal Kombat 4. We should be removed from this podcast and replaced with Ed Boon. Yes. Corey, what do you have to plug? The usual. You can go listen to They Made Another One, which is a podcast I do with my friend Liam that Neil is sometimes on. And um, we are talking about sequels, reboots, remakes, all that sort of stuff. I think the next episode, the next, the episode is about Teen Wolf 2. You can find that on uh, Twitter at They Made Another, Letterboxd, T-M-A-O, and all your podcast services. It's just They Made Another One, question mark, exclamation point. I'm on Twitter. You already know that. I'll leave it there. And you can find me on Twitter at Final Neil. Find my retro gaming Instagram account on the gram at Final Neil Retro. Uh, follow this show on Twitter, Instagram at MK Podquest. Subscribe to the show. Give us good reviews. Check us out on YouTube. Link in Call the, us. Link in, link in the description. And uh, send in your voice messages through our anchor page or at mkpodquest at gmail.com. Thoughts about the show Mortal Kombat Conquest. Thoughts about the movies coming up. Memories of the cartoon series. Whatever you got. Send them all in. We love it. Honestly, we love it. Thank you again, Dom, for that incredible song. Oh my God. Oh God, yeah. What an un what an unreal thing, and also just an unreasonable use of your time. Thank you very much for that. It's fantastic, and we are going to play it. Unbelievable. We are going to play it like crazy. Till the wheels fall off. And I think that's it. That's uh, I'm I'm gonna stop recording. Zero. Taza. Four Mika, Kiri, Omiji, Kriya, and Podcast. Mythology. <laughs>